0: optional podcast episode number 209 for the week of may 25th 2020 the optional podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from new york city and bounced around cables and satellites all around the world space and right into your listening device of choice as always i'm paul tamayo and i'm here with my co-host cam brewster back together again we did it we, we made another it. week through the pandemic
1: oh my God. Uh, and we're not
0: you know we're still here uh what's going on bro
1: um nothing much. I watched Star Wars really high this week. And it was the highlight of my week. We talking about
0: Rise the of the la- Skywalker? Yeah,
1: Rise of the Rise of Skywalker.
0: Oh we might we might have to talk about this, but uh, uh, a <laughs> lot of thoughts. But before we do, <laughs> uh I want to introduce our esteemed guest this yes. week, one of my favorite writers. Out there on the internet. Freelance game critic. Columnist at Paste Games. Founding editor at Capsule Crit. Uh, D. is here joining us this week. Thank you so much for being here. What's
2: up? Thank you for having me.
0: We've had a string, a, a, a consistent string of like amazing guests. And I gotta say, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show because you're, you're like legitimately one of my favorite
2: writers out there. Thank you. Um, See, I'm and, just excited to be on a podcast that's, that's mostly of color, you know? Dang oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, I just um, always podcasting with white folks. it's weird welcome welcome how's everything going can't complain yeah you know it's been all right um been a weird week but but ultimately good
0: yeah for sure for sure um
1: such a strange week
0: super strange especially these past couple of weeks it feels like i don't know it's hard to keep up with everything going on but um i I think there are like times where i legitimately have to step away and like turn shit off like turn my phone on do not disturb like Mm -hmm. pick up a fucking book like and that's kind of like, uh, you know, I eventually have to come back and, and reengage, but it's definitely like I got to just take care of my, my brain sometimes. And it's been with this constant weird news cycle. It's been it's been taking a toll. I can't even lie.
2: It's weird because I have really um, I have taken to watching Governor Cuomo's um, press conferences. Oh, Lord. <laughs> because oh, God. they are so fucking much like <laughs> it is the Man. most dad fucking energy of anything. Oh,
3: yeah. And it's yes. like, it's weird
2: because it's like a very specific kind of dad. It's like the benevolent football coach like slash gym yeah. teacher. And then like kind of like the Apollo era astronauts, like
3: <laughs> fucking wow. Buzz
2: Aldrin energy. But then it's like it's specifically targeted for people who still feel like, you still want a dad that they feel mm-hmm. like never betrayed them. And so what you get at the end is basically these like messages that are laser targeted for people who still read to kill a mockingbird and don't think Atticus <laughs> Finch is a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> Yo, that's so fucking true. Like that's they see the the sort of PG 13 stories of like, everything is better now. Look how worse it used to be. And like, there's like, yeah, you know
1: what? Cuomo, he's, he's doing a good job. Doing, yeah. What can you say?
0: He's, he's the good, he's, you know, he's trying, what he, he's doing what he could do. It's like, oh God, I don't know. man. man. I've had, I, I, had I think, friends. a lot
1: of people just like, yeah, I, uh, you know, I hang around the whites. And,
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> and don't do like, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, they're cool. But it's like, I think people confuse like liking someone and their personality and they let that like overshadow like pretty much everything else. Right. Like he's been constantly on the wrong side of fucking history. Like I hate that dude's guts, especially as a New Yorker. It's just like, he's just the worst of the worst. And like, you know, he gets to come out of this pandemic and I'm sure in four years he's going to run for fucking president. Like they're just boosting this dude's like, credit and clout all the way up and it just really irks me every fucking time it's like yeah i can understand he's a likable dude like i get that but oh that's me that's oh, me, that's uh, me. <laughs> um but yeah it's just one of those frustrating things and it's like it makes me laugh every time i see it and everybody's like yeah he's doing a great job you know
2: he's i mean yeah. new york back on his feet it's like it's like he like got like you know he, he got like google's eric schmidt to data mine exactly what giuliani did so right about nine eleven, and then turned it up a notch mm-hmm. and like created this like deep fake of a human being <laughs> right yeah and it's just true. like
3: god yeah like, he, like, think he's also... like
2: he's such a piece of shit but people just like watches like things and like oh my god you know new york smart new york safe <laughs> new york clean yeah. I, like this motherfucker, he just keeps coming out with these acronyms and these oh, PowerPoint God. slides. And it's God. just like, Dude. who the fuck? Wait, so why do you why do you watch this? Why do you put yourself through this? It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, good. I hate my dad. So, like, you know, I guess there is a part of me that's just kind of like, man, kind of reminds me of Coach Blanton, who's, like, <laughs> actually nice to me in PE in eighth grade. Right. But yeah, <laughs> for real, though, but- like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's fascinating. Uh um, so there was yeah. today,
2: today they were, they were broadcasting from uh, Jones beach and um, there was this one woman, I don't know what her deal was, but she was sitting to the side of them. And they were like, you know, what's the deal with this, um, this bar that was like, you know, their photos of people crowding inside the bar and not wearing masks. And she, and she's just like, um, I understand that the photos show people um, inside the bar, not wearing masks this is stupid and you know, not wearing masks is stupid and it's stupid to the, your fellow patrons and it's stupid for the bar to allow it. And it's just stupid. And she's just like completely lost her shit. Just oh going God. In. God. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, this whole, the, the way people are reacting to this is, is so telling mm-hmm. for so many different, like not even just like, you know, the government officials and shit, just like regular ass, like citizens the way they've been responding is so telling to like larger i don't know just just i've been thinking a lot about this shit for the past two you know actually the past few months at this point and um i'm not going to lie like this, especially this past week i've like lost a little bit of the fight but um i don't know it, it's uh, so much to uh so much to 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 process in these times and like I'm not gonna lie, games especially don't make this shit any easier nope. <laughs> when you're when you're having the same fucking arguments and the same fucking criticisms over and over again. But um nevertheless, I guess we 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 must carry on. Um so let's just jump right into uh stuff that we've been been playing this week. Uh Dia, I want to start with you because um we, we talked a little bit uh before the show about a couple things, but um yeah, why don't you take it away?
2: Why don't you tell us what's on your playlist? Oh man, okay, what's on my playlist this week? Um so Weirdly, uh, since the the whole pandemic happened back up, I actually have been pulled back into Pokemon Go. Oh, wow! Which you wouldn't think, like, oh, Pokemon Go—that's a game where you're supposed to be out and about, walking around, and <laughs> and you know we're all at stay at home orders and shit like that. But um, my uh, my partner, like, uh, they started playing it, um, because I guess they increased the distance around mm. so that people could like you know, catch Pokemon further away, access gyms further away, and now they have remote raid passes so you can raid at gyms that you're not near, and um, they they made it much more accessible for people who are staying at home, and so I was like, alright, well, like, I'll help you out, because, like, I can give you gifts, and, you know, right. um, and, like, so I got back into that, and I was just, like, kind of wild, because I, like, I have no real connection to Pokemon. My first Pokemon game was let's go, which I loved. And um, like, that was my introduction to like the original Pokemon game was just like this remake of OG Pokemon. And so I'm like, what, yo, I, I saw this Pokemon and like, he's got like these, these big teeth and like, he looks like kind of like a fucked up chipmunk. And Sarah will be like, oh yeah, that's this one. And I'm like, what? she's like, that's like a garbage-tier Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> I thought he was dope. I got a yeah, like It's really funny because I keep being like, like, I saw this Pokemon and he was real dope and I caught him for you. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got like 500 of those. But that's cool because yeah, like, I, so I need him for candy. <laughs> it's like,
3: okay, shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because like Pokemon Let's Go, I also actually I played it for a little bit. And I, I enjoyed it too. And, it, and it's definitely pulled some things from... Pokemon Go so it, it's kind of cool that you then went and checked out Pokemon Go I know Ken used to be into Pokemon Go way yeah, back like when
1: right in the uh, early days like the first couple months it came out and Yeah, so I, it's, I still have buddies that play it, though oh really know, even like hard, today? hardcore yeah Hardcore. yeah
0: yeah well, a good friend of ours actually still plays like regularly i don't I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping he's still not going out there and meeting up with people but i don't know at this
3: point
1: we'll, i mean we'll i guess it's a safe enough activity where you can't you don't have to really be on top of one another you know that's true um, yeah. so I, I i don't see it being a big issue but uh yeah it's interesting that that game is still going strong like i i, I absolutely love the fact that people are like still like this game like yeah. <laughs> well, i don't know yeah. It's, a it's wild because
2: um, there's a gym. Um, one of the one of the gyms in our area is the uh, the Chinatown Gate and that shit is always under contention. Like <laughs> it changes over like three or four times a day whenever I, like, I log an object. I'm like, oh, it's yellow now. Oh, no, it's blue. Oh, it oh, <laughs> just became red. Um, like it is wild. The yellow streets. seems to be the dominant force in this neighborhood. But um, yeah, yeah, like it is wild seeing like people. I'm like, wow, like there are enough people still rocking the Pokemon. Let's go! Um, but it's cool because like m- my partner and I made a deal. Like, um, when when coronavirus hit, like we were gonna, you know, limit the amount of things we had to go out of the house for, and mm. I was gonna be the one that went out. So like, they're like, I-, I am better at staying home. You need to get out sometime. So like, if we have to go pick up prescriptions or some shit you can go do that so i will um i'm like hey, give me your phone put it in a ziploc baggie load me up with eggs <laughs>
3: and i'll walk you right that's and, actually hilarious and
2: so like yeah so like i've just been like sitting there with like dual pocketing our phones and ziploc baggies just like gotta go pick up some prescriptions you know, you know Shit, see pictures the people
1: that have like the the bicycles with all the phones like attached to the handlebars I, I imagine you yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yeah that but like with a like a little cart where you get loaded up groceries and you're just like walking and catching yeah, pokemon because like
2: i was like i was like oh man like you know i've got um I was, like, I was like i've got this old like you know this moto g6 like i could like put just, we could just load your account on that once i we're not using it anymore and i could you know walk with that and sarah's like you don't have a sim card in it and i was like oh shit oh man <laughs> i'm like but i could get one <laughs> <laughs> what if i
3: got one though <laughs> that's
2: wild wow so pokemon go is still going strong yeah and um like they're doing all kinds of events and shit now and there's like mm-hmm. they have really um though it's still bullshit like there's a lot of bullshit still in that like the tossing of the pokeballs I hit a lot more than it says I hit. I'm like, no, I got this. I, I my flick game is on point. Okay. <laughs> but, Don't y'all. try to play me. <laughs> and, and then like, just like having to like, um, like they, they really gamified the, and like monetized the, um, the inventory. So like, you know, you can't spin at Pokestops now if your inventory is full. So like, and then like as soon as you do it they're like don't you want to spend like three bucks get 50 more slots in your inventory oh and like it's not like you know it's like okay look look charge me ten dollars up front and give me like 500 more slots don't nickel and dime me for 50 slots that's bullshit that's how they get you that's how they get you though it's bullshit
0: yeah they're like, you know well, it's just like just have a little bit at a time, and then before you know it, you like you look back and you're like, "My credit card statement, God damn, it's like I spent300 dollars on Pokemon Go this week." Yeah, wild, wild stuff. Uh, what, what else you got
2: on your list? Um, well, the other thing I have been uh, fucking with a little bit. I have not fully given myself over to it because I just literally built my computer is Umorangi Generation which yes. is Ooh, I heard about this. it is good y'all it is good. <laughs> i got i got the full review coming up sometime next week but nice um, nice like it is a photography game and it is it is almost like i would say it is kind of the closest to a pure photography game that we have really ever gotten and
3: hmm.
2: basically it takes place after um you know, kind of a cataclysm um, of sorts. That is, you know, a little bit. It, it it is it is a game by a Maori developer, and um, it touches on colonialism. It touches on ecological devastation, um, ecological devastation through colonialism. There's there's also some kaiju action. Nice. Um, I have not yet figured out what exactly the kaiju is supposed to be representing. I'm like, is this is this just that dragon colonialism? I don't know. But um, <laughs> uh, but ultimately, you are kind of a stringer photographer, and you are given um, photo missions. Like, go get me a photo of, um, you know, two birds next to a beer bottle. Like, go get me a photo of, like, a group of people under a neon sign. Go get me a photo of, like, a, a word written on the side of a building. Like um Mm -hmm. and some of them are real specific and some of them are kind of vague and interpretive um and you um you have a timer which is contentious um Mm. it's 10 minutes um but you can totally ignore it it doesn't like if you if you get the time you get the time bonus and like you know yay for you if you don't it's really, doesn't really matter. Um, Mm -hmm. Like if you want to go back and do a time attack run, you know, you're, you're able to, but um, I think the big thing, the reason I like it is because. And, and, and um, Kato talks about this a lot on the most recent Waypoint radio uh, episode where um, about how gamified, the photography aspects of this game are. And I think that's actually really, really smart, but I also mm. think calling it gamified, it does a disservice because commercial photography is extremely, air quotes, gamified. Mm. Um, sure. You have specific targets, you have specific timelines, you have specific like metrics that you are trying to hit within like, you know, a very narrow point of time. And like, y- you get rewarded for those mm-hmm. like you fuck yep. up you don't go on to the next level you don't get that yeah you don't get back yeah you know? like you do an okay job like yeah you're gonna get paid but yeah, you might have to scramble a little bit harder next loan um yeah and like you know there are they're like you know it's like we got to get the model with this face and this pose, and th- the the label's got to be facing this direction you have to hit all these metrics When you're doing commercial photography or, you know, even like, you know, like, you know, uh, photojournalism, especially like, you know, you can't just it's not just the photo of Trump. It's the photo of Trump in this particular way to run for the article that's got to run tonight, you know, and we need that photo four hours ahead of time kind of thing. So, like, there's a lot of going on with it and there's like, you know, they got upgrades, paths. So, like, you know, you got to unlock your camera gear. Well, okay, like you're kind of this like ruffian, you know, street urchin who got this job because they got a camera um, in like living in this kind of, you know, post disaster, like, in, you know, environment, like, we've got you got like, you know, UN peacekeepers everywhere and shit like that. It's not good. Like, you got to scramble, you got to hustle to do work till you can get that telephoto lens. So there's there's these aspects of it that I'm kind of like, no, like, yeah, like, when you start out, like, you just got the camera that's the bare minimum gets you into the job. And then the more jobs you do, oh, yeah, okay, now you got to like, you want to be able to do some like, nature photography, or you want to be able to get like, the paparazzi shots from far away, or you want to do all this other stuff, you're going to need to upgrade your gear, you're going to have to spend more time and invest more. And that's that comes slowly over time you don't just go out and blow 30 grand on the full yeah. setup unless you're like a rich white dude who's like always wandering around philadelphia
0: but like <laughs> or or mommy and daddy paid uh, your full ride to sva right I, like, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah like there's
2: yeah. there's those people sure but this game is not about them and yeah, that's what yeah. i love it's it's a photography game that is specifically not about those types of people it is about you know the kid who got the like knockoff like, the, like the, the the knockoff nikon at the pawn shop and was like yo i can sell some pictures of stuff and like yeah, they started wow. selling into like you know like small magazines and like like skater magazines and shit like that and like then slowly made a name for themselves and like yeah, yeah. that's what it feels like and i said man the photography mode and this shit is so good I'm, like. I'm
0: so fascinated by this game because, like, everything you described has been my journey since, like, 2012, 2011. Um, uh, yeah, because, I mean, I, I used to do videography and photography professionally, like, on, on many different levels. and that that loop that sort of grind that little even real life skill tree of that progression that you go through is exactly what you explained it's like i got the i got the budget camera that budget camera got me in the door once i was in the door i was able to afford a lens maybe like a tripod and then it's like slowly but surely you're kind of like building the railroad as the train is coming and you're like uh that that whole uh, and that sort of window of time thing is, is so true even even with the stuff that i do today which is less sort of camera intensive but i mean i'm thinking back to like my days when i was shooting photos and videos for like fashion stuff and uh, it's like cam you, you've been you've been with me on a couple gigs yeah. too and it's like you have to move you got to move and if you don't move you're like you're screwed you lose the shot it's gone forever or you know like you said like you 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 missed the opportunity to turn that one gig into five down the road. And and that client is like, all right, maybe we'll go with someone else next time. He didn't really do this, that, or the third well. And I've had those moments too. So I'm, I'm so curious to see how this game tackles those failures too, or, or if it even sort of uh,
2: addresses it all. It really, at all. I guess, I kind of guess like the one thing where like, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, um, is... It only it really doesn't address it that much. It does not there is not mm. the huge penalty for failure. Like you can keep going until you get the shot and then turn it in. Okay.
3: Um
2: you know, um you're always gonna get that next mission. Um and like um it's not it's not as fast paced as I'd expect. Um the the movement speed is actually pretty slow. There's no sprinting. Oh no. Um like it is it once you and then there's this. There is kind of a friction in both its approach to kind of, kind of urban photography versus you know stringer photography. In that, you know, when you're a stringer, you are constantly moving and constantly zipping around and being very fast and like moving from job to job and moving from space to space and getting different angles as fast as you can. And then with you know kind of the more urban photography and the street photography. You are letting yourself kind of bask in it and taking your time and just kind of reacting as you react. And so there is a disconnect between the two because at the same time, like kind of narratively and thematically, your job is to be working quickly, commercially, you know, keeping that in mind. But then also, the game really just wants you to just bask in the world and take your time and play and experiment with composition and try different lenses and try different approaches and, you know, move in smaller increments and see how that would affect your shot. And like, I kind of almost want them two modes of play, you know, like I want like Mm. the speed mode and then I want like the free cam mode. And that's, I think kind of my biggest criticism so far is that it's doing both at the same time and, I get that, but I'm not sure that it entirely works, or that That's it could be it could be better. I guess I, I feel like it could be better if it was splitting the two modes apart.
0: That's interesting because I, I I also feel like photography in general like that's how i kind of used to describe my job before i used to be like it's like a game to me like even just the act of and and you're a photographer as well so i I know you can sort of relate but like when you see a thing you want to shoot even if you're casually walking in the street which you know i still do on on a lot of occasions um the the act of like pulling out a camera or a phone or whatever you have on you like framing the thing up if you're if you're dealing with the camera especially you have to deal with like and if you 're shooting manually, which I almost always do you 're dealing with focus, exposure, shutter speeds, like there are little things that like the tool that you 're holding in your hands becomes a game right so and like there were times where you know having to do all of that stuff in, a, in the matter of like seconds to get the shot right, especially if you 're traveling or whatever and you mm-hmm. see like someone walking or looking at something, and you 're like, oh, "I only have two seconds to get this shot like the act of that is so gratifying it can be so fun so i, I haven 't listened to a, a the waypoint episode where Kato's talking about this. So I'm curious to go back and listen to, to how he describes this stuff, but I'm also very curious to now check this game out because I, I want to know how well they sort of uh, encapsulate that experience.
2: Yeah. Like it's, it's weird because like, and like, I, I like um, one of, one of Kato's criticisms and like, I agree with this. It's, it's weird. It's like you have to unlock contrast and like, um, oh, like, you know, and like, it's such a weird, basic thing that, like, you know, you have to get, like, like, I think it's like, four or five missions deep before you unlock, huh. like, you know, and it's just, like, mm, maybe <laughs> we could have thought of better ways to have this, like, make sense and unlock this progression, but at the same time, also, there's very, you know, like, you can't, it's really hard to model the difference between the camera that can shoot, you know, 32 frames per you know uh uh, at at like 25 megapixels in a thousandth of a second and like the camera that can only shoot like three frames at like Mm -hmm. 25 megapixels in a thousandth of a second so like yeah the 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 way we think in terms of the technology of cameras it is difficult to model that without getting very reductive i think and Mm -hmm. making it so it's like okay filters you know Uh, histogram, you know, things like that, like become flash is something you have to unlock. Um, You know, it's just, so there's, there is a kind of a weird quirkiness there that is like fiddly and feels a little strange, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, you're trying to make this, you're trying to express this, this like concept as of you know, as the the path of a photographer. How do you do that? This is what we have. Um, And like, you know, small team like you know like yeah um i mean shit uh their photo mode is like thousand times better than that shit ubisoft packages in every one of their games
0: (laughs) yeah i was actually gonna say uh, a little hint at at a question later on uh in the questions segment but yeah i um i'm so curious to see how they handle that stuff because i mean you know not to get into it now but uh, like in other games, you're right, there there are people or there are studios that get it right and there are studios that I like scratch my head and I go, man, I wish I would have like consulted one photographer. I mean, I'm sure they did, but um, it's kind of like you mentioned, like there there needs to be a way to make it palatable for, for folks who have never even touched a camera before. Um, so I kind of understand it from that perspective. But yeah, I'm, I'm so, so interested in this game. I've, I feel like every week I keep adding games to the queue and I feel like this one is definitely going to be right up there because it's how, of how like... I guess closely tied to my own personal history uh, that they seem to be, um, I guess discussing.
2: A yeah, if you're I, brown I, and I you've love. ever worked as a photographer, you got to play it. That's yeah. <laughs>
0: I, all right, that that's the back of the box quote. I'm gonna have to play this now.
2: Um, cool though, cool though. Uh, and what else you got? So, I haven't been playing that many video games, but the other day I had to go pick up some prescriptions sort of at Rite Aid, and like they made me wait a few minutes. And I saw that they had motherfucking Uno.
3: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I literally Sell. just talking about Uno last night. For like, <laughs> Yo, for, real.
2: for $4. And I was just like, you know what? I am going to buy Uno. And wow. So, so I, got, I, got, I got Uno. And I came home and I'm like, and my partner, I'm like, Sarah, I got Uno. <laughs> and they were like, I've never played Uno before. And I'm like, okay, Uh-oh. we're going to play fucking Uno. Uh, yeah. um, they straight up wrecked me. I was like I was like, okay. I'm like I'm gonna do this. I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go soft on you. And then just straight up wrecked me. <laughs> you didn't shuffle good uh, enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, those cards do not shuffle. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> like I was <laughs> really there and I was like I'm like I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like what the fuck they are stiff and they are hard and they're much smaller than I remember. Also mm. like I don't the new design, mm, I'm not feeling it. They're not as um, it's, it's, it's not the Uno that I remember. Also, wild cards seem to be much less common. And like the, the like the pick four like cards seem to yeah. be. And I don't remember old school Uno having like the pick four cards being color coded. Like, oh, I no, just remember I it being were... like... All colors. Yeah, right? I thought it was just like, just like, no, motherfucker, pick up four cards, deal with it. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, th- I thought it was draw yeah.
2: four and then you pick a color. No, like, so now that's like, you can only play the draw four card when it's that color is already in play. Oh, that's weird. And I don't None remember there must It must be a guy, specific like... deck. No, I guess it's the new, it's just the new Uno. It's like, now they have, you can, they give you like three blank wild cards where you can write in your own rules. Yeah, I've seen that. Nah, Which, like, I, I like don't like no, I, like, I saw it. I was like, I was, like I'm picking this motherfucker out.
0: <laughs> yeah, take that shit out. Those are Joker cards.
2: Um,. Have you seen the, like
1: the uh, Twitter page for Uno, and they just like literally yeah. like dropped the hammer on rules, and I'm like, fuck that, unfollow. Fuck that.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, if you don't, don't tell me how to, to play in my, my house. Yeah. Uno is about like whoever's house the cards are in. That's what the rules you play with. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I
0: Love that. We have like a very uh, a common phrase that we use where we're just like, oh, pick up two for your mistake." Yeah. And it's like, and if someone doesn't get it, we're like, "No, no, I'm gonna explain to you how how it happens in my house, yeah. okay?" And then you're gonna you're gonna,
3: uh,
0: yeah. And so that's that's kind of weird that that's the case that like they're, uh, I don't know. That I, I feel like now it makes me sad that like I can't just go get like a a, a 95 deck uh, Uno. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna have to go on eBay or some shit.
2: That's funny. Yeah, oh, like. Like, I got it, and I was like, man, this is, this is like, you know... No, it still felt like Uno, um, but, like, it was just off a little bit. Yeah. Like, there was a lot less fucking the other person over vibe to the way you would play those, like, you know, draw cards and, like, the wild cards and stuff, because there are just not as many in the deck.
0: <laughs> huh, interesting. Uno's interesting. I, I yeah, I, I was, like, looking at trying to find... Um, like a a card game for me and my friends to play on, like, video call. And I, there's got to be, like, Uno, some sort of, like, video call style Uno. I, I'm surprised that, like, I mean, I guess we'll see them now that everything's sort of happening. I think video call is becoming more mm-hmm. um, just, like, common between folks. Because for me before, like, video calls were, like, why are you calling me on video? Bro? Like, I don't <laughs> want to talk to you on video, son. But now it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like let's all gather on a video call. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. Um, I'm hoping I get to see more of that, I guess in the future. Cause like, I also don't want to have to like teach my friends how to play fucking apex legends yeah, know, when, right. <laughs> when we could just play like poker or something. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that at least, Uno is still a thing that exists because, uh, I don't know. Weird times, I guess. <laughs>
2: um, well, they they dope, they dope. got they got uh, categories and made me play categories, and I was just like, man, fuck this complicated ass game, making me come up with names and shit <laughs> and a die roll. What damn categories? Yeah. They still make that? They still make that? That's wild. Yeah, and like they I mean, they they, they <laughs> tore me apart wild. at that because they're just like fucking word champion. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I thought I'd do good at Uno, and I was nice. just like, nope. <laughs> got my ass schooled at Uno. <laughs> Which is hey, good because uh, you know I haven't been schooled some... in, a, in a game in a long time,
0: yeah yeah, there you go it's it's humbling it's it's a humbling experience um all right cool
1: uh cam, what you got on your uh, is that
2: everything is that everything on your playlist yeah that's 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 it for me this week word word uh cam, what you got
1: um yeah, so i've been playing more apex legends it continues to be like my go to game to like unwind and also like get my uh adrenaline levels to the max and then <laughs> it's like a workout it's, it's wild um yeah that game's good um it also get to playing with like different friends and learning how they play has been really sweet like jumping around from party yeah. to party has been really dope for me um yeah it's a good community game I, I don't know i just like playing those um and then me and my my friends so basically a friend of mine um he plays a lot of apex legends and um he's been having a little bit of panic attacks like after the fact so we're like how about we don't play that so late and we just play something calmer and uh like we're just looking around and then another friend of mine was like oh they just dropped a terraria update like a couple weeks ago we should jump back into that Cause I had mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, like that there was an update coming and then I didn't know it was going to come for, two, um, for play, PlayStation four. So we used to play back in like 2016 and then we pretty much did everything you could do in the game and we played it like nonstop. And now like there was nothing else we could do. So there was no updates. And then we put it down for four years. Um, and now we, uh, they got an update and we're like back in it. And Terraria is basically like 2d, um, uh, what's that game? Minecraft, and, you know, you're just basically, you know, collecting materials, and then that leads you to another step where you can build stuff, craft items, you can, uh, you know, fight enemies, you can dig into the ground, you can go, like, straight down to hell, like, legit, like, (laughs) you know, and get more materials, and this is, like, this really good loop. Um, The way we play it, though, is, like, we just pretty much do PvE, like, we try to find things to summon like these bosses and world gods and stuff like that and it's really like cool aesthetic um so like there'll be like a a flesh wall in hell that you got to kill and like you got to summon it so you got to do all these like little things to get the flesh wall to spawn and then kill it and then that also unlocks another uh, layer to the world right so now you can do more stuff beyond that you can Uh, get more materials and stuff like that Um, and this game is just really relaxing it's calm you can sit back and play and i think like i forgot how much i love this game Mm. so i've been like for the last like four days i've been like on youtube like finding like what was added to the new patch and what i missed for the last four years and stuff like that so it's really good to be playing this game a lot um and just like trying to get the best weapon rolls and making cool character builds and stuff like that, man. It, it, it's really dope. Um, I don't know if either of you have ever played Terraria at all. Um, no. But it, it's it's really fun. It's a charming game. The music is fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it, it's pretty straightforward. Um, there's, there's a lot of depth to the game. Like, you can do whatever you want in the game. You can build. Like, a lot of people, you know, build these beautiful worlds, kind of like in Minecraft, right? And then there's some people, like, I feel like, Paul, you would, like, dig this game a little bit, um, you know. Yeah, this sounds, this sounds uh, a, a little
0: uh, scary to me, because I'm like, oh, God, this is, I would fall down this way. <laughs> yeah, it's show.
1: one yeah. of those games you like, once you get the hang of it, you're like, I'm in it, totally.
2: Yeah. The Terraria was always one of those games that I kept, like, just, just almost going to pick up and then just being like, man, I fucking miss Glitch. And then <laughs> yeah. just falling into a reverie about miss, how much I miss Glitch and Mm. not picking up terraria yeah
0: yeah yeah i have also kind of like hovered over it once or twice before like i I think i think i can't remember if it was like discounted heavily recently or if it was on like if it was a ps plus game or something i forget Mm -hmm. but i remember like kind of hovering over it and being like i don't know though this feels like one of those things that i'm gonna pour like hundreds of hours into um but i don't know i guess like now that um I seem to be struggling to find a game to put in like regular rotation, mm-hmm. at least like for that I can do by myself. But uh, I think I might have actually found something at least for the for the meantime. But um, that sounds cool, though. That it, it's that's a very real thing. That's a very real concern that I've actually also struggled with um, in terms of playing games way too close to to bedtime, mm-hmm. but also playing a very tense game like Apex Legends closer to bedtime where after i'm done my heart is still sort of going and then i eventually slip into panic attacks and like i i learned the hard way that like I, I can't play those games after a certain time no. or if i do i have to like take my medication it, uh, yeah, otherwise you i will not be able to go to
1: sleep a buffer you know watch some tv yeah. something calm down like drink some chamomile tea <laughs> like yeah, i even something. i have to do it like i can't go straight to bed after playing a uh, battle royale or anything like that because I, I legit hear it in my head if i close my eyes like i i feel like i'm still at war and shit it's like it's fucked up um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's such a weird like uh ptsd thing that's going on but um yeah terraria is is, is really good it, it's been fun to like relearn the game and be awkward at it and you know uh get attacked by monsters and stuff it's really fun
0: that's yeah. cool that's awesome Uh what are you playing um, Cool. Oh, you cool. got a nice little uh, yeah, I got a nice list. Some of these are like uh, the usual suspects though. So, I mean, I've still playing Apex Legends here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to play, it, it kind of reminded me actually a lot of like uh, Apex Legends kind of is now back into rotation in terms of like the multiplayer competitive games that I play uh, pretty regularly. And Crucible, uh, like I think the the beta or the alpha, I don't know what it, what it is, but the Crucible came out, uh, it's Amazon's um, sort of hero shooter style thing. And, um, I was curious about it cause folks in the discord were talking about it. So I was like, Oh, you know what? Let me check this out. I mean, I, I've been also kind of, um, tinkering around with, um, Va- uh, Valorant, which is, I think sort of leaving the demo phase or whatever, the beta phase, the closed beta phase this week, I believe. So I was like, let me check this out. Maybe this will sort of, you know, inspire me to, to check this out and dissect it and talk about it on the show. But I honestly played it for, played it with a few folks in the discord, um, and for, like, maybe 30, 40 minutes, and I was like, yeah, I can't play this anymore. It's like, even just seeing the menu, Mm -hmm. the way it's so similar to every other hero shooter that's out. I mean, I I just talked about playing Overwatch and Valorant and Apex Legends and now this. It's like, like even just seeing the loading screen, and this is, like, a personal thing, but even just seeing, like, the main screen with the hero on it, like, this really, like, you know, um, charismatic hero that looks really cool, and then, like, the same screens of, like, you know, I'm assuming what a battle pass would be spelled out like on that corner of the screen, and here's like where you select your modes. It's very like Fortnite PUBG style, like, it's just, there's just a formula now to mm-hmm. these things. And I think, um, when I lo- like loaded it up and I was like looking at the characters, I had this sort of uh feeling of exhaustion, especially after having just figured out like three or four characters in a game like Valorant, where I'm like, okay, I know his abilities, I know her, um you know stronger passive ability i I like i've I've sort of understood that balance now and now crucible is asking me to like all right start all over (laughs) again and i like don't have the energy for it so that that also probably played a large part in why i wasn't really feeling it but then um but then playing the game um like movement felt a little weird some characters had had some really cool ways to like um you know, float across gaps or whatever, or, like, close the distance between you and an enemy player in interesting ways. And there were some cool weapons here and there, but, like, sh- you know, like, the shooting and stuff didn't feel, um, you know, fun. It, it, as weird as that sounds, like, as it does in something like Apex or even Valorant or whatever. Uh, so I think eventually... I'd, and also the game does a really, in my opinion... Poor job of telling you what to do and like where to go, mm. like what these things mean. Like their abilities that like they tell you what the button, the key on your keyboard will do, but they don't tell you like what that necessarily means. Like so, some things will be like, oh, if you put this down, you'll generate more, you know, X, whatever, whatever X like, is. What is and I'm it? like, okay, but <laughs> what the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah, like, what, what, why should I care about that? So little things like that, um, kind of added up to a point where I was like, I, I think I'm gonna like just observe this from far away and see how this sort of plays out on, in the long term but I just don't have the mental energy right now to deal with something like that and, and also just like I think I'm just slowly starting to like not care about these kinds of games honestly I, I like even, even as much as I love Apex and, and you know for better or for worse Overwatch and shit like I, I'm starting to feel like alright I think I'm like kinda yeah. uh, like maybe I'll check one or two out every once in a while but like they seem to also just be coming in waves and I'm like I don't know. I, I just like, I'm sure some people will eventually find this thing and, and help shape it to be a better thing in the future. But I just, I'm not, I'm not that person anymore, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably, I, I think I already un- uninstalled it. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, but the good news is I, I played um, a game from uh, that, uh, from Dreamfield published by Annapurna interactive called if found, Uh, I think, like, a week or so ago at this point. And um, it's a really, really, like, uh, amazing, heartfelt uh, visual novel that I wasn't expecting to really, like, dig into because I just don't play those kinds of games. But um, this game tells, like, a really wonderful story uh, of a main character named Casio who is, like, the game starts off with you sort of exploring space and you're, I think, in our solar system and you find a planet that you think is a planet but it turns out to be a black hole. So, like, over the course of, uh, the character approaching the, the black hole, they start to like relive parts of their uh, more formative years. So, like you, you kind of open this journal that they discovered again, and you're reading parts of uh, her life that she's sort of crossed crossed out and rewritten some things, and you're and you're just sort of like dissecting them one by one. But you do that by moving your mouse over the screen. I played it on PC. I think it's also on iOS, so you could probably play it like on an iPad or I'm assuming your phone. Um, and you have like a little eraser as like a cursor on your screen. And I just, you just sort of like hold the mouse button down and you like move it all over and you erase like screens or illustrations or things. And as you do it, like scenes will play out. Um, certain things will make sense in terms of like the way it's written, like literally on the screen, like in her handwriting. And it's a beautiful story about someone finding out who they are by sort of, um, revisiting their past but also like letting go of it which is a thing that i think we all kind of do eventually like you know we we try to remember those things we and we hold them so near and dear to us and because they like kind of made us but then there's also like an act of um taking those same moments and letting them go like like letting go of them because you no longer sort of need them to prop up who you are right like you've sort of like that muscle has sort of been trained enough already as is that like the thing that sort of started that journey is no longer necessary. So you, you learn to sort of um, I guess delete those things and and it's, it's beautiful. It's just like a overall, a really beautiful game. Uh, Shout out to Natalie Flores who wrote a really beautiful piece that I'm going to include in the, the, uh, we're going to include in the the newsletter this week. Uh, I, I think it's worth checking out if you, if you, curious about the game or, or want to check it out, but yeah, I wasn't expecting to to like it, but it was uh it was pretty good. Also, like the illustrations are really beautiful, the music's cool. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, it's called It Found. I, I thought it was I thought it was really cool. I don't know if either of you
2: have, have heard about this or are curious about checking it out. Yeah, so Natalie has been on my ass to pick it up.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. That and
2: that and House of Fatima Morgana and I'm just like all right, all right, I will I will get to the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's cool. I think I think y'all should check it out. I, I would love to hear what what you think, but um
2: yeah. It's so funny cuz it's like you just describing it, it just reminded me of Do you remember the HP photo printer ad where they had the curious pictures of you as like their 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 jingle for the longest no. time?
3: God, no, yeah. No,
2: no. HP for the longest time. They were using the curious pictures of you to sell their photo printers. And it cracked me up cuz like like so the whole point was just like you know oh hp photos last forever blah 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 blah, make memories blah 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 and the song is about this robert smith tearing up photos of him and his girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah God. they obviously like just typed it in google so. and it's just like it's just like y'all you did you didn't listen to the whole the, the chorus <laughs> nope. did you
0: yeah, that happens a lot, which is wonderful. I love when that happens in advertising. You're like, "Oh, this is a weird choice," but hey, you know what? I guess they got the bag. So shout out to them. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it found. That it's, I'd say check it out if you get a chance. Um, and then, man, this, is, this has been like a week of playing one example of a game that I like uh, didn't enjoy, and then sort of transitioning back or over to a game that like I actually think does it so much better and, and in ways that I think you know are just. Um, just more fun overall so uh, got a code for Saints Row the 3rd which I've never played the remaster that just came out this past week I never played that series and I never got into it just because I kind of like I saw what they were doing from afar and I, I just it never interested me I never wanted to get into that and this was like uh, I think Saints Row the 3rd came out in 2011 if I'm not mistaken um, so you know obviously some people want to say it was a different time or whatever it's, it was a long time ago different world whatever whatever but for me I feel like to a certain extent that's true i think to another extent like you know for for folks like us i feel like not much has really changed you know like there are st- there are things that i could pinpoint to even my childhood or before then that are sure. like you know this shit was still happening this isn't just didn't just pop up either way um so saints for the third is a remaster of that game that came out in, in 2011 and it's sort of like you know beloved by that uh the fans of that series um and I got, like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes into it before I had to just stop. And I, like, deleted it off my PS4 because I was, like, you know, I, I was pretty much spot on of the reason why I initially didn't really like that kind of game. And it's it's very much that same, like, you know, really crass, you know, South Park, edgy, edgelord humor of, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, like... A lot of rough language littered throughout that doesn't really do much besides just be like, "Yo, we're we're fucking edgy, bro." Mm. Like this is this is you know whatever. So, and then also just a lot of that stuff does not age well. Like there there are some jokes in there that are like extremely like ugh like. I I made a quick little like thirty second uh, compilation of it to throw in our video Slack at work to to sort of describe why I didn't want to really like talk about this game. I just don't have the I didn't have the energy to want to like dissect this open world you know right. game. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I just kind of like moved away from it, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not playing this anymore. Um, I'm curious if either of you have played Saints Row before any of the games.
2: I got the fourth on a friend's recommendation for when I got my PS4 and it was like on sale. And I was just like, I was like, is this worth getting? I know you talked about it. And they're like, well, the third is better, but you'll have fun. And um, I got to admit, I loved it. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, that, well, I hear that like the fourth <laughs> one
0: like really jumps the shark and it really starts to like go into like the complete like farce end of things. But uh, Saints Row the Third still sort of like has a toe in both like mm. uh, like uh sort of it just started like teasing with that that kind of stuff even though it's like ridiculous but it, it, it was still sort of grounded a little bit in reality mm. so some of the stuff for me was just like uh i can't i can't do this yeah. man I'm, I'm just like I, I i can't do this
2: like it was just kind of great just having keith david as keith david just right. like rolling up with a shotgun <laughs> in like whatever yeah. car i stole And it, like you know i got out because I was like, I'm, I'm faster than this fucking car at this point because I'm in the fucking Matrix. And like, <laughs> I'm just going to sprint across these buildings. And then Keith David shows up. And he's like, I got you, motherfuckers. I'm like, Keith David is just Wait, rolling out. So which
1: one was the one where you're president? Fourth. Okay. Yeah. I heard that was the the fun one, like the really good one. And they had like stupid dubstep guns and all that stuff. Like, that one looks more interesting than. Well, I, I like. This series put a bad taste in my mouth on the very first one. Um, I remember a friend of ours, uh, he had it, like, back in the day. And he was like, oh, check this out. And I, I guess they were, like, they didn't find their, like, their lane yet. Because they were just basically a GTA clone. Um, just based in, like, gang crime. And it was just, like, so, uh, like, outside view of what gang life is. And, like... I remember like to revive your like if you're playing multiplayer like to revive your your comrade you like pour liquor out over their body to like revive them like i remember that being like a thing i that stuck with me like oh this is bad like this is just a bad game like i don't even want to like deal with it so like to see the evolution is kind of cool like to see that they found like all right we're just gonna go full like silly with it and get all this cool talent like keith david like you said yeah um is it, like i thought that was dope but like i have zero interest in these games yeah. but it's I, so funny I do cause... it's weird that they like randomly got a remaster though
2: <laughs> it's so funny that like you you mentioned the first one because i don't even remember it happening <laughs> like i don't remember saints row one or two i barely remember Same. saints row three the only thing i remember is the floppy dildo gun yeah, and oh, then, shit. and that was like it. And then, like, Saints Row the fourth comes out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll play that. And like, I played it. And, you know, that, that was like, I enjoyed the hell out of it because it, GTA still feels like it's trying to, like, be like, yo, we're, we're smart irony bros. Mm-hmm. And like, yep. And like, they're like, they're trying to Rick and Morty it. And yeah. Saints Row is at least like, nah, fuck it. This is stupid, and we are stupid, and we just don't care. And I'd yeah, much rather yeah. have that level of crass, dumb sandbox game than Rick and Morty, but urban crime. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I, I I, feel the same way.
0: I feel like uh, the, the older I get, the, the less I... I don't know. The, the the more complicated my feelings get around GTA as a whole, but with Saints Row the third in particular, I feel like I right now my my again this is sort of related to the the Crucible thing of like I just don't have I was I was excited to play a, a third person open world game because I I just don't have that in, in my life right now so I was like oh let me just like maybe dabble in this and maybe it's silly enough that I could overlook some of the the sort of crass humor but it was just like. Hitting me over the head with like a Louisville slugger over and over again to the point where I was just like, I, I just can't, I can't do this right now. It's, it's a little too much for me right now. It's like this, this, uh, this iced tea is a little too sweet. Yeah. I'm gonna put this down and, and you know maybe go grab some water. But then um, you know uh, I I forgot that I redeemed Mafia Three on uh, PS4 a while back. I think it was like a PS Plus game or something, or maybe I got it for like super cheap. I forget how it was I, PS Plus, but a
2: while ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, I remember redeeming it on like knowing that, like, oh, I should play this because I've heard like pretty good things about it. And uh, I also decided to like step up my streaming schedule and I'm like, let me, let me, you know, uh, do an actual full playthrough of a game because I've never done that before. And I, I kind of want to experience that just from like a, I don't know, just like an experimental uh, perspective. So uh, I started playing Mafia 3 and man from from like the complete opposite end of the spectrum like mafia 3 is hitting so many of like the right buttons for me personally speaking in terms of like a story that i actually feel engaged in um in a time era that i find fascinating in a city that i find fascinating with like a history that i find so interesting in terms of like you know what that city's gone through what you know how it's been sort of like devastated on multiple occasions and and Bounces back and just just a bunch of different reasons why Mafia Three in the setting alone, like just the 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 world that it's created, I'm like, oh, I'm in. And then it does it does things like with the with the 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 way it tells the story by presenting it in a in a documentary style form where it's like you're interviewing a bunch of different characters who you're talking to, but you're like you're talking to older versions of them because this is like a documentary that happened obviously years after the events have unfolded, and it's all around this person that they're talking about who i'm assuming i mean i'm being led to assume i again i haven't played this game so these are all just predictions here so please if, you've, if y'all have played it and, or have seen something don't don't tell me um i'm assuming they eventually die or disappear or something because they're talking about him all the time and, and you don't see that person so you're and that's the character you wind up playing it's this guy named lincoln and um he's a vietnam veteran he was a part of like the special forces he was trained by the cia which which to me like you know shout out to the siren I uh I have very you know very very particular feelings about uh like I think most people probably do um so the story starts with like this person coming back to the this fictionalized version of New Orleans called uh New Bordeaux and they basically just kind of eventually fall into the sort of criminal the organized crime world of that city and you know, long story short, they basically use their training to to um, be like an enforcer. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, but to also just like uh, infiltrate mm, that world right. and and sort of slowly take over it. And there's like, it's also like a revenge tale and stuff like that. But it the game starts with like this text on screen that's like, "Hey, uh, this game takes place in the late '60s in the South." So we're you know. Just a, just a heads up, we're not going to, like, kind of shy away from some of the language, some of those attitudes, like, they're going to be presented in this game. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I kind of knew what to, I kind of was expecting that, but I also, like, I also kind of expected, like, a very sanitized, very, like, you know, uh, PG-13 version of of stuff, but it's it's brutal. There there are times where like people are like, we're driving and people are talking about things and I'm like wincing. Like if, you can see it on the stream, I'm like wincing because of like word choices or attitudes at the time, you know, towards things like, you know, communism or, uh, just a bunch of other, just, it's just like the game for the most part goes places that I wasn't anticipating. Right. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like you can actually do, you can actually tackle these subjects. And you know, obviously like not everything is perfect. There are things that I still have to like play through and, and, and uh, sort of process over time, but because I'm playing it like in real time, but the immediate sort of first impression for me is like, oh shit! You could have a triple A open world game that's like action packed and brutal and and violent in ways that makes you like still wrestle with what you're doing and um, just sort of uh, the way it impacts the town and the people of that town, even your own character and his friends and family and. It's just doing a lot of wonderful things and not to mention like, you know, the obvious things like, you know, sort of the game pro side of it of like, oh, the graphics are great. Mm-hmm. The, the soundtrack's cool. The shooting's pretty solid. The driving's messy and interesting. Besides all that, like um, I think it it finds a reason to make me care about the character and the things that I'm doing in ways that like GTA never mm-hmm. has. Like G- GTA will make me, you know, skydive from a helicopter or you know rob a bank and there there are these you know moments that i remember but like i honestly couldn't tell you the story i i couldn't tell you like major plot points or like red dead more so i could tell you like oh yeah and then this happens and that happens so it almost feels like a fusion of the two i think someone in my in my uh twitch chat was like yeah think about it more of like uh or maybe it was in the discord think about it more like red dead as opposed to gta and um I think that that's kind of true in terms of like the tone and the sort of story it's telling, but Mafia Three so far has completely blown me away. I was not expecting uh, to be uh, captured by it in the way that I have been, but um, yeah, I'm I'm curious if
2: that I I don't know if I asked this already, but
0: have y'all played it or or are you curious about
2: playing it? Yeah, it's amazing what a game narrative can do when you actually not only have a person of color and your lead writing staff, but also listen to them and let them actually do the work.
3: Mm, yeah.
2: Which is like really yeah. what Mafia Three like is actually does really well. Like Charles Webb is one of the the like kind of lead co writers. And like if you read interviews with the the lead writer, um, who I think is a white guy, um he's like I I I needed him. I could not have written this Right. Because I am a white guy and I would not know what to do. <laughs> he's like, you know, I watched, I watched the, the, the oh god, it, what it, um, oh that's right. He watched the Baldwin documentary, uh, take this hammer, and he's like, he's like, I watched the, doc, I watched take this hammer like a dozen times, but uh, you know, I still wouldn't have given me, you know, the authority right. to write this story. And mm-hmm. it's like, yes, someone yeah. who fucking gets it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally, totally, and, and and it's like it oozes from the screen and, and like into your head. In, my, in this case, my headphones of like authenticity of like things that are, you know, like for for us, it's not really like new new stuff. But in in the sense of like me playing a first person, I'm sorry, third person, open world action game, it feels new. It feels like oh shit, like no one's ever come close to talking about this kind of shit, and, and it's, it's also. Amplified by the fact that not only is the dialogue feel authentic because you're hearing, you know, on both sides, right, on on all sides, really. Like, you, not to be yeah. like everybody, yeah, every, yeah, but like you're hearing the way that like um, like the black citizens speak and the way that the the like, the, the white folks speak, and, and you're like, oh wow, like this is this you know this is some real shit. And and it's um, it's amplified also by that found footage that they use. Like they're they're talking in this documentary style format, which I think is so brilliant. And then they'll cut to, like, real footage of, like, Vietnam and, like, some pretty gruesome stuff. Or they'll cut to, like, you know, some Civil Rights era footage. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I wasn't expecting this game to go there. And it does. And it it doesn't take away from the story. It only adds to the story. And, I, and I like, it's refreshing to, to see this kind of thing in a game where where so many other games really shy away from it or or they really sanitize it or they really, like, sand down the edges because they're afraid of, you know, upsetting whoever, you know, and um, this game is, like, kind of, and, and, you know, it kind of like you said with the... I'm so curious now. I want to, like, play this game through and then read about it, like, just consume all the writing around it, like, those interviews and stuff because, yeah, there's a a fucking CIA dude in this game and I kind of hate him and I kind of love him at the same time and, and you're, like, you're... It's just like man, it's it's hitting so many different buttons that I was not expecting, and I, I think about it even when I'm not playing it, and I'm like thinking about even upping my um, stream schedule just so I can get through it faster because I don't want to have to wait three days to play it again. So Mafia Three, I I mean, that's dope. From the I'm six hours like or so I played, it. yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a uh, it's great. I'm I'm really really digging it so far. I I wish more games had you know, the. Uh, the cojones that this game does but
2: uh i guess we'll uh i don't know yeah like i guess like my, my only my only problem with it was it's the same thing that i have with literally this entire genre is they all control a little weird to me and i don't like i just don't think like anyone has made a third person character action game that feels completely right in terms of yeah. especially like at least with guns like um like dark souls works for me but like every time you put a gun in like a character's hand in a character action game like this i always feel like something is off like nothing doesn't like flow so well but like that like you know mafia three even is like a good crime story which is really seemingly elusive um in crime games these days but like it nails all the beats it's just you know yeah i just wish um i wish we should play it a little tighter but you know
0: yeah, that's fair. I've I've had times where I've like tried to get into cover and I'm just like on the wrong side of a pallet or I'm like trying to shoot somebody and I'm like wrestling with the right thumbstick while I'm aiming down sights. So there are parts of it that are like Yeah, wow. it's
2: just it's just like the weird like it's just the weird finickiness of that genre, I think, that like we've never quite yeah. figured out as, you know, a species. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we still got a ways we'll to there. go, but <laughs> uh, Mafia three. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I I'm hoping that like I, again, I haven't played the, the first two games, so I'm playing them sort of out of order. I want to wait till the, the remaster for the first one comes out in August mm. for the first first one. But I feel like, um, I don't know, it, it's kind of cool how it ties into that, those other games with character, because people in chat are like, oh, that's a character from part two, or that's a character from part one. And like, you know, like here's how, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I can see how that's interesting, you know, world building. Um, but yeah, I, I want more games like this. I, I didn't, think i'm I'm kind of mad at myself for sleeping on it for so long because uh you know i think i'm glad it's kind of back in the discussion with the the sort of remastered or definitive trilogy edition or whatever but uh i hope it starts to get a little at least a little more shine because i it, it wasn't on my radar when it came out at all and, and i'm kind of mad at myself do you for think that, that but...
1: more uh titles are going to get like remasters i feel like they're coming out more and more especially like these big open world games um you know like
0: yeah I think so. I, I think. I think it's it's, it's only going to be like it's only a trend, right? Like we saw with even Saints Row and and now with Mafia and stuff, and um, we're seeing it a lot. I think. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I think um, it's it's interesting that. Um, but I also ha- I also feel a certain way about some games getting remasters or whatever. But Dia, I'm curious to to, to hear what you think.
2: Well, I mean, I think um, you know, as my understanding is that like a lot of the studios that are putting out these remasters is they had these high resolution textures and models and everything like that. And they just, you know, cropped them down like to fit Mm, the consoles. mm. And so like, um, you know, now it's just kind of academic. We just like, just, just swap that shit in and, you know, fix up the code a little bit and boom, hit, you know, play, you got your remaster. Which I'm fine with because outside of Xbox, like Sony doesn't give a fuck about backwards compatibility. <laughs> um, yeah. And apparently, Sony also doesn't give a fuck about getting money and making a Demon Souls remaster. So, right? Yeah, that's
1: a that's a fact.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. it's gotta happen, I'm a, though. Yeah, I'm of, I'm of two minds with the remasters cuz like on the one hand I do you know, I I want to be able to play these games. I want to be able to replay Demon Souls online. Right. Um and the only way that's going to happen is Sony decides let's make it happen. Let's do a remaster and let's bring the servers back online. And of course, then the instant they take the servers offline again, I'm right back where we are. But yeah. But also like you know, like the shadows of the Colossus remaster is fine, but yeah. it loses a lot. Yep,
0: I agree. Like, that that's exactly what I thought about when I said that. I was like, I don't think everything should right. get remastered. And it's
2: weird. So, like, I played Demon, or I played Dark Souls at thirty frames per second. On, well, a, a questionable thirty frames per second on the PlayStation Three when it came out. And that was my experience with Dark Souls. And I'm very much tied to the mindset of Dark Souls is a 30 frames per second or slower game. Um, You know, it is a game about decrepitude. It is a game about, you know, um, staticness. And so having those jerky, hitchy, slow frame rates makes sense. Um, The remaster really doesn't do much in terms of textures or anything like that because there just really wasn't anything to to really remaster there. Um, But on the PlayStation 4, you get a uniform 60 frames per second. Um, Even in Blighttown, where, like, yo, Blighttown should be a slideshow.
3: (laughs) Right, Not for sure. (laughs) Oh,
2: man. Um, So it's weird because... Uh, when I first got the remastered, I got my ass handed to me left and right because the timing was off. And I was just like, yo, what the fuck? And I realized, I'm like, oh, this is moving at twice the speed that my body has become accustomed to. And I'm having to relearn this game at a frame rate that feels weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, even, like, the soft touch ones, you, you do lose something when we remaster um, rather than just port. Um, and I think a lot of times I would rather just have a port. And then if you really want to go and do something, go do a, like a final fantasy seven remake and like really sit down and reconsider what you were trying yeah. to do with the game in the first place, what goals you achieved, what goals you didn't achieve, where you could go with that. Um, like that being said, I'm, I'm fucking hyped for the near remaster. Not going to lie.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta play that. I never played that game, so I gotta I gotta check that out.
2: It's gonna be weird not playing it as is dad near, but <laughs> I'll live. <laughs>
0: all right, cool. Um all right, let's jump into the news this week. Uh not a lot happened this week, uh which I was like kind of, you know, we can quickly move through this segment at the very least, but uh <laughs> one of the few stories that actually i guess was interesting this week was that pac-man turned 40 which is kind of wild to think about um there was a there was an interesting piece that went up on uh, kotaku about sort of history about it there was some some you know s- some weird things in there but it, i i do think it's uh it's kind of interesting that um just i don't know I, i'm definitely more of a uh Miss Pac Man fan, but also I kind of miss. There was also another story about how Pac Man might be also getting like a uh, like a Mario Maker style game moving forward. But interesting, I, it's it's weird that now we're thinking about these game characters as like being this old. Now yeah. <laughs> it makes me realize how much older I am and I'm getting. But I'm curious if if, uh, if either of y'all have any takes. About I was thinking this. about
1: that because like. I when she's put it in like the number, just seeing it, it's just like, damn, this shit is as old as hip hop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so strange to think about, you know, or vice versa, right? Like yeah, you know, hip hop's as old as Pac-Man. Like it doesn't seem right yeah. in my eyes, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's just so weird, man. Yeah, that's true. Um,
0: it's like, Gram- it's like the grandmaster <laughs> flash
2: of hip hop. Oh my God. Uh, that's really good. I got to think of something for that. Um, See, I'm fucked up that I'm only three years younger than Pac-Man. Like, wow. that, that's fucking me up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with it, especially because, like, I remember being, like, three and, like, going. There was this, uh, there was this like like, really nice kind of, like, smoky bar diner near our house when I was growing up called Bogart's. And all the all the items on the menu were themed after like Humphrey Bogart movie characters and shit. Mm, But like it was it was dope. It was dope. But the booths at the front were the Pac-Man booths. Like they had the little you know the the Pac-Man tables you could sit at. And so like when I was a kid, like my mom and like dad they take me there and I was and they were just like here we'll put a quarter and entertain yourself while we figured out what we're doing for dinner. And so I'm just like, man, I played Pac-Man when it was contemporary. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know what to do yeah. with that feeling now. Think about. <laughs> we're not that far behind you. So
1: don't fret.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're not that far behind. So, you know, trust me, you're you're in a good company here. Uh, Which is, it's just but, weird
2: um, thinking about like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm contemporary with Pac-Man. Fuck.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We're all, uh, you know, like I always say, we're all hurtling towards our death. So, you know, nothing to really dwell on for too long. But um Anyway, uh, our next story, which, which I find uh, actually especially fascinating, uh, the new Tenet trailer excuse me, premieres in Fortnite, which is no longer a video game. Uh I'm taking this from Kotaku. But, yeah, earlier this week, they basically premiered a trailer for Tenet inside of Fortnite. That's so wild. Um, which is a, a thing that happened. Uh, I'm sure there's going to... I mean, I can only guess there would be some sort of, like, tie in but maybe this is maybe this is just it if it is it's kind of disappointing but i guess it further cements for me fortnite as this sort of playable um time square of advertisements, mm. advertisements that like is such an interesting and low key disturbing thing for me to think about when i like really spend a lot of time uh dissecting this but um dia i'm curious to get your take on how the tenant trailer premiering in fortnite
2: I mean, this is only a thing that Christopher Nolan could be interested in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. fuck it, Christopher Nolan. Just, God, just get the fuck out.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I can't remember which... I can always keep from fuck him up with him and his brother, but I hate both of them. And... <laughs>
3: First oh yeah! Problem. What did his He's... brother
1: do recently? that I was watching. He did uh, something that I'm literally I was literally just watching. I can't remember what it was. Something on HBO. Jonathan Noah. Oh, um, did he do uh, Westworld?
0: He did. Oh, yeah. He did Westworld.
1: Okay. I was like, yeah, trash ass season.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, but don't
1: yeah, know. and I like, yeah. look, you know, like I oh, go for it.
2: Uh, I'm just thinking, like you know, he's he's the asshole who's like, oh, you know, I had to film the Dark Knight in 70 millimeter, and it's like, no, you didn't. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to premiere this on uh Fortnite.
3: Like, you and not, like
1: yeah, um... like it was
2: just like it's like yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, for Fortnite, oh, you know, you know, intermedia, ooh. and it's just like, man, like, please, yeah. like, I don't know, I am, yeah. The thing with Fortnite and like. You know the last big thing that Fortnite, where we had like what was it like fifty story tall Travis Scott or whatever doing the concert? Yeah, like yeah. you know one, it wasn't live, so fuck you wasn't a concert. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like like uh, I'm sorry, yeah. eat my ass. It was not a concert. <laughs> <laughs> Someone you know rigged up a fifty you know story tall or however the fuck big he was, Travis Scott animatic, and like let that shit loop. At a limited number of times with like 10 minutes of like pre-recorded audio guess yeah, what yeah. i was just at an art gallery a tiny little art gallery just down the street like a mu- three months ago that like basically did the whole same thing but better and it was probably live i'm assuming no it wasn't it was but it was fundamentally the exact same thing it was like 10 minutes of audio and 10 minutes of synced up like vr footage and like oh, you, cool. you know, you you popped on your your little uh, HTC Vibes and like floated in a chair and like spun around and experienced um, extremely queer Afrofuturism.
0: Oh, dope! Oh, wait, what what was that called? <sighs> ah, shit! Because I also did something like that very recently. I for, I for, I think I like downloaded it's
2: a, it. It's the I guess it's like the most recent Jacoby Satterwhite um, piece but I'm googling this right now
0: because I, I downloaded something very recently that that was very similar and it, it blew my mind i was like yo this is so cool um but like yeah i was like
2: i'm just like Fortnite catching up to where you know the you know intermediate art world has been for the past like sorry 20 30 years even mm-hmm. like you know, this kind of shit was tired when Brian Eno was doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I also feel I feel like um, I when, when people were talking about it, like it was a concert, and then I checked out the video. I thought it was like, oh, this is interesting that like you know they're they're playing around with the fact that you could move inside of this 3D space, and people were sort of experiencing this thing together. But I also would have loved it if it was actually like him performing like if it was actually his voice and maybe like the first time it was live and then i mean obviously this probably wouldn't have been possible because i think it happened after lockdown started so like you know whatever but i do i do feel like this is that was definitely a test run for uh some things in the future that epic wants a piece Mm -hmm. of um because they feel like they're like hey, we could do these concerts, you know, for everybody. And look how much uh, – it, like, it almost felt like a portfolio piece of them being able to go to someone and be like, look what we could do. Look what we did with Travis Scott. Look what we're doing with Tenet. Like, it just continues to be this thing that
2: uh, feels like that to me at least. Yeah, and it's just, you know, like, we've already had Second Life. I get it, you know. Like, okay, you know, I mean, this is this is – this is fundamentally my problem with the art world is someone like does something interesting and then someone else comes along and throws a bunch of money at someone doing it. And like, we end up with fucking Banksy.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. Banksy uh, ain't doing shit that like, you know, like kids in the hood have been doing for like 40 years. Yeah. Only yep. white people came along and threw a shit ton of money at him. And then it turns out he's fucking 3D from Massive Attack. Like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, true. fuck out of here. Very true. I think, and so they got... Yeah, th- Paul,
1: 100%. Oh, go ahead. And I was going to say, I think Paul, like, just hit something, like, when he first talked about it, saying that it was, like, this Times Square, like, you know, tourist attraction. I think that's, like, the the totality of it, right? Like, this is not, like... I don't know how much that sold Travis Scott records. It was just a place to be that was colorful. Like, I don't know if this is going to make kids who were playing Fortnite get up, stop playing Fortnite, and watch Tenet. Like, I don't think that's the thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, I was there. Like, I, uh, you know, in the summer, we went to New York and we saw Times Square. Like, that's it's about it. You know, like, it's not, you're not experiencing anything else really new, you know?
3: Right.
0: Because even Times Square feels
1: like, it, 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 I mean, we, we
0: our offices are in Times yeah. Square, and as someone who actually went there a few days ago and saw it as a ghost town, it, it it's fucking weird, <laughs> man. It, it's such a weird, like it's so, it's so stupid that like that is a tourist attraction, in my opinion. Like I get it, like wow, look at all these screens of of advertisements being like you know blared, like just lighting up the mm-hmm. entire space. But um, yeah, I I don't know. It, it's it's interesting that. Epic has found a way to make that experience like an interactive game that you play with mm-hmm. friends. You know, like because we have friends who have kids who who love right. this game. Like they, they're still super super invested in it, and it it, it you know not to be super like you know, open your third eye or whatever, but it, it's 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 a little uh, uncomfortable to think about that like it's, you know, imagine us younger being like, yo, you want to go to Times Square, hang out, you know, like you want to just go look at advertisements for like 30 minutes real quick. I don't know if I would have been into that. And, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Things like
2: this might, my I always go, okay, well, where do we go from here? What is the next step we made? You know? So the next step is, okay. Instead of Travis Scott, with um you know a, a pre a pre-render Travis Scott and pre-recorded audio we mocap him and we have him do the songs and we stream it live okay where do we go from there like kind of nowhere like so what's what is what is the thing here what are we, what is epic trying to sell you know is this pivot to Fortnite is that what we're all going to be doing in the media in the future mm.
1: Like Is this the the Ready Player One future that we we're yeah. expecting, but it's just Fortnite? It's it's like, not gonna be like this VR space is just gonna be watching and doing work on Fortnite. Like, you know, because it's like congratulations,
2: business. you figured out what the Unreal engine is capable of. <laughs> right. Well yeah, guess what? Yeah. Square's been doing that for the past like decade.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's they very, don't got the true. numbers
3: like Fortnite, Super
1: you know? Like they don't have and that's that's the, the thing. Is that,
3: that's the
2: thing. It's like, okay, so Fortnite, every you know, Fortnite has become this thing, this unstoppable juggernaut like Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, Facebook couldn't make video work. Right. That's true. You yeah. know?
1: That's true. That's, yeah.
2: Like, so what what are we going to be doing with this? Like, you know, I don't think, you're right. Like, I don't think people went out and bought Travis Scott albums. I don't think people are going to jump out of their seats and go see Tenet, um, which... You know, after hearing everyone discussing this all this time, I still have no idea what the fuck that movie even is. That's the point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, just go find it, and I don't care. <laughs> like,
1: I, I like um, Denzel's son. Like, I like the stuff he's getting. yeah. So, like, that's like the main draw for me. Yeah. But it's, it's like, a... all right, yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch um, Inception again. That's funny
2: Like, I went and looked yeah, it up, and I was just Inception. like, okay, Denzel Washington's son is trying to stop World War Three, and Kenneth Branagh is a. Russian who talks to the future, what
1: and then, uh, yeah, what's his name? Um, Cedric Diggory's in it. Oh, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah Batman, Dennis. Batman,
0: yeah. You know what? You got to tune into Fortnite to find out what Tenet's all about. Coming <laughs> next week on Friday, <laughs> no, I was no, but watch, uh watch us all, uh, continue down this uh, slippery slope. And next thing you know, optional podcast is a Fortnite oh, exclusive. You have to go, I'm to ready Fortnite to sell out. Ready. ready to sell out, baby? Let's do this.
2: <laughs> but like, Let's start doing the fuck. I'm going to start flossing <laughs> for the show. Remember when they used to do, like, NBC would have their, like, special mini series that was basically, like, a three-episode-long pilot yeah. for the new series, and they always would end up getting tanked anyway? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that's what Fortnite feels yeah. like it does. It feels like it's the NBC special event miniseries that goes nowhere.
0: <laughs> that's so fucking true. That's such a good point. Yeah, that's why I'm still so, like what the fuck is this still like what it's still such a mm-hmm. new thing. And I don't know it, it I'm not entirely a thousand percent sold on it, but at this point it's like, I don't know the, the I, I don't have to be right. Like Epic is like just going straight for the zoomers. They're going like, yeah. Hey, we got to get in there. Mental, give them lights. you know, we got to get that mind really? share. Yeah. We need those likes now. Um, all right, cool. That was a dope discussion. Uh, our our last story, which is something that I'm sort of digging from the from the from the crates here, because I wanted to get Dia's take on this. Uh, we've already talked about it at length, but um, the Overwatch anniversary um, skin for Zenyatta, the Aztec themed skin. Uh, we talked about it before, but I just like I need to get your take on this. I, I need that. I need that energy.
2: Fuck Jeff Kaplan. <laughs> like yeah. okay, I'm sorry. Um, like. I had to like steal myself for this because it's not okay. It's you know, I'm, I'm going to say like, fuck Jeff Kaplan and like, fuck Jeff Kaplan. But like this shit is just an extension of shit that blizzard has been pulling as a corporation for 20 plus years. And I'm sick of it. And it, Everyone in that motherfucking C suite can lick my ass because this is racist bullshit and we just adding it to the list of fat phobic, transphobic, homophobic, misogynistic, ableist bullshit that they have been pulling for decades. Fuck Blizzard. Fuck Overwatch. Fuck World of Warcraft. Like, I'm sorry. There are still no, motherfucking no. cow engines in WoW that when you click on them, they go, how? Oof. Still yeah. in the game. Still. Like,
3: yeah. they're
2: fucking cow engines. Fucking cow engines. And this is the game that like, everyone's Thanks. like, oh, man, Overwatch is going to be woke. No, no, fuck off. Let us not talk about wokeness and Overwatch. Let's talk about the permissiveness of liberalism in terms of representation and diversity and inclusion and what people really want out of that and what the corporations are willing to give us. And with Overwatch, what we find is that basically white people are really excited whenever there's a brown person they can play in a video game. And they get so happy for the for the representation, y'all. It's the representation. Okay, first of all, can we talk about Zenyatta? Do you know where the name Zenyatta comes from? Actually, no. It's a fucking police album. Oh boy! Yeah, like because you know, there's the two characters in Overwatch. There's Zenyatta and Mundata. And guess what? The police's third album is called Zenyatta Mondatta. Oh, yeah. God. So we took a, we took, I didn't even know yeah. that. It was really funny. Cause people used to fight me on that. They're like, no, it's a combination of Zen and Yata. And I'm like, no, it's a fucking police album. These dudes are in their fifties. I know what I'm talking about. They liked that album.
3: Oof,
2: and yikes. turns out, yeah. And then they released Mondatta and I was like, see, told you bitches eat my ass. So, uh. so we've already got this, Tibetan Buddhist robot who we are naming after a police album that itself is already this like incredibly colonized appropriative album title. Like if you read the Stuart Copeland interview talking about how he came up with the name, it's just like, wow, dude, you were on some white people shit that is next level. We are always talking about, the representation and diversity and inclusion. And I have honestly like, I've given up. I don't think it's a useful area to really even like operate in anymore. Like I know some people are still uh, fighting the good fight, but at this point, what I am seeing is that places like Overwatch or Apex Legends with Loba, like, you know, like the bare minimum, the, you know, Cassandra, Cassandra from uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mm-hmm. who like you know could be queer, but not if you get the DLC. But <laughs> yeah. um, like it is such a bare minimum effort that is not grounded in anything other than a. I mean, it's it's skins, it's cosmetics. Yep, it is. It is literally what we're talking about. The problem with and that's and that's I guess part of why. The, you know, Zenyatta skin or the fair skin, like, the reason their problems is is that it treats everything, it treats an entire culture, it treats real people as cosmetics, Mm -hmm. and, and that they are cosmetics to be slapped into a game, it's art assets, and that's all there is to it, and it's not anything to do with the history of colonization or oppression or anything like that or even the political realities that we are all currently living in as these identities and like getting props and like pats on the backs for it and like selling getting millions of billions of dollars for it now fuck that fuck that um you know I think I think Caitlin brought it up on the last episode but like Jeff Kaplan's Dice Talk, yeah, where he's talking about their fantasy of Mexico and how, you know, oh, we looked at Mexico City and it was too cosmopolitan.
4: So myself and the assistant uh, game director, Aaron Keller, were looking at locations in Mexico uh, t- to build. And we started with Mexico City, but it just didn't work for us. Mexico City is a very contemporary, urban, sort of modern, what you expect it to be type of city. And the map we needed to build had to be coastal for gameplay reasons. We needed the edge of the map to be um, open. So we wanted a coastal town. It had to be hilly and we wanted there to be a lot of color in the map. We really wanted there to be color but we were kind of ignorant about you know the area besides like you know Mexico City. We live in Southern California so we're familiar with you know Tijuana and Ensenada, but none of them were were really hitting what we wanted. So Uh, Being the utmost top researchers in the industry, we went to uh, Google Images, (laughs) and we typed in... This is literally like... You can type this in right now on your phone if you want. Colorful Mexican town is what we typed in. And we we weren't even looking at the picture. We were just looking at the thumbnail pictures, and we're like, this is it. This is perfect. It's so awesome. This is exactly... The, the version of Mexico that we, we wanted to, to build. And like I said, we hadn't even blown up the picture, but the one that we talked about the most that really fit the, the gray box block out of the map that we had was this one right here, um, which was just gorgeous, this like coastal seaside town. After we had completed the map, I think it was about two months after, um, someone came up to us and said, um, <laughs> why are you calling... <laughs> Why did you use Manarola, Italy as your reference for your Mexico map? Um, and I think this kind of is very exemplary of the idea that Overwatch is not about the reality of what the planet is. Overwatch is much more about what we hope the, the world would sort of be. And I promise the citizens of Mexico when we make the Italy map, we will only use reference of Mexico for that.
2: That, that talk, if I was in that if I was in that room, I would have shouted out the biggest "Go fuck yourself <laughs> I have ever shouted in my entire life. instead, we get another like ten minutes of like this fucking white boy going off about what he wanted and then how he fucked up so bad. He looked at what he thought a Mexican village looks like, and it turned out to be a town in Italy, and yeah. he completely cocked it up and then he treats it as this funny joke. no. Right. Fuck right. you, fuck yourself, right into the sun. So, yeah. Yeah, and it, like it Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And so this is the thing that pisses me off. Are we really gonna get into it now. Go for it. Every time someone interviews Jeff Kaplan about these things, no one fucking holds him to task. And it's the thing. Like, I was never gonna get an interview with Jeff Kaplan. No one was gonna put me you know Paste isn't even going to like put me in a room with any head up, like hire up a creative director at Blizzard. Uh, uh-uh, Never going to happen. And so I don't get to be the one to like, be like, yo, why do you think that it is acceptable for you to be the arbiter of what is and is not appropriate and respectful and tasteful? Why do you get to be the self-appointed, you know, decision maker here? and not anyone else of like that heritage. Why do you be the one who like doesn't take a break and say, Hey, am I doing what's responsible? Maybe should I go to ask people about that? Yeah. Like I have not seen a single journalist ever ask those questions of Jeff Kaplan or any, any game developer. Like this is a huge problem and it's, like this fear of losing access, like oh no, we can't we can't pull a pissing off Bethesda and getting blacklisted. No, fuck that. Do your jobs. Like everyone's like, oh, D is always so angry on Twitter. And it's like because you're not. Someone has to be pissed off about this if you're not.
0: Right? No, yeah, I actually like anytime I sort of see that kind of energy on the timeline, especially from you, I'm like, oh, okay, I should definitely be paying attention to this thing. And um, in this case, I feel like I. I'm so tired of of the excuse of them saying, like, this is, like, you know, it's not supposed to be, like, the real world. This is supposed to be, like, this, you know, future that's, like, hopeful and and optimistic, and we've sort of figured this shit out, right? And it's like, well, you know, that same excuse tends to be used a lot, and I think it's such a cop-out, and it's such a way for them to sort of, like, disguise or, like... You know, sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like plaster over their mistakes. But after a while, you kind of step back and you look at that wall and you go, "Well, this fucking ugly wall, man. This is actually like this is a lot of like not well done uh, construction here." And and you know, for the, for those of us who it affects the most, it's like, hey, I wish I would just listen to us. That's that's all we're fucking saying. I'm I'm just saying, try harder. And you're right, hold these people accountable, and like, don't be afraid to. um lose access and shit like that but like it's also like i don't know I, I i just wish i do wish that more folks were were not just angrier but also just like just more um i don't know just clear about what they're uh, what we want right and what and what i want at the very minimum and i said this before is just do better just like fucking try harder it's it's, it's not a lot like we're asked all the time to um try to you know just try twice as the reality is a lot of us have to work twice as hard three times as hard um to just even get in the door right and when we get there um i think it's tough for folks to um feel like they need to like jeopardize that all that they've worked for because they're like hey you know what i think you know i have some valid criticisms here um and you know those these companies, they take full advantage of that. And and they kind of like folks who don't ask those kind of questions. And, and, you know, they buddy up with those folks who just basically become extensions of their giant PR machine. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have these discussions because I feel like, I don't know, it's, it just, it does get exhausting after a while too.
2: Um, Well, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been doing this professionally now for three years and, I literally got kind of thrust into this simply because I wrote a piece because I had a week where I listened to all my favorite gaming podcasts and I had to hear the word savages like a dozen times for every hour of podcast I listened to because Horizon Zero Dawn had just come out and I had to read articles where savages and braves and things like that kept coming up. And at no point did anyone say, like, is it okay that this white girl with red dreadlocks is, is like, in this game doing this shit? And, like, you know, dressed like fucking Pocahontas? Like, (laughs) no, no one asked that. And so, like, I wrote a piece, and I was just like, y'all, get with it. And, of course, everyone is funny. It it kills me, because to this day, people are like, why do you hate Horizon Zero Dawn? And I'm like, I actually never said shit about Horizon Zero Dawn. I said shit about games journalists can you stop like mollycoddling coddling all these fucking games um but like i feel like in that time you know since i read that piece i don't feel like really anything's changed yeah like you know yeah. like we we've, we've gotten some better voices and thank god for them but the old guard is still the old fucking guard yeah like you know I mean I had to I had to sit through Red Dead Redemption 2 getting a fucking tongue bath during game yeah. of the year and like you know I'm sure before I die there will be at least another dozen western games where no one even bothers to question the genre itself and what is accomplished by the old west um but like Blizzard with Overwatch like they can't even accomplish a Chris Claremont from like 90s X Men. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've decided that Farrah is a native now. And, yes. you know, whether or not that is an actual retconning or if it's some, there was some seed in the back of Jeff Kaplan's infinite, vast mind where he had always thought that she had had a Pacific Northwestern native father. Um. Well, that never actually made it into any of the real materials. There's a ne- a blurb in an art book, an official art book that came out, where it mentions like you know, Ferris you know, Thunderbird skin relates back to her Pacific Northwestern heritage from her father's side. Like that's it. Yeah. And I know Overwatch isn't really big on story and explaining it because they know that they don't need to do that, but if you're going to do this shit, you need to do this shit. Yeah. Like if you're going to come out and say, we really care and are respectful, then you need to fucking prove it. You need to actually show that you know what you're talking about and what you are doing. Um, you know, it's, you know, this year, 2020, it's six years since second son came out and Nate Fox is directing a game this time about Samurai. Yeah. I know he's been to Japan. I know Sony of Japan's been like, hey, we're, let's talk to you about what's going on with your game. Um and I wonder how much more attention to detail that game is going to have than Second Son did to the Duamish in Seattle. Right. Which just you know, whose longhouse is just twenty minutes away from the Sucker Punch Studios, where like no one was bothered to c- be contacted because oh well, we just wanted to make up our own tribe so we'd have more leeway. Yeah, like this has been a perpetual problem for this entire generation of games and extending on before it. And Instead, so we'd just get oh yay the representation, and I'm sick of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is a uh, is an ongoing fight for sure. Even even like for me personally speaking, there you know, there are things that I continue to learn about and discover. It's tough. It's tough because it's easy to to get discouraged. At least personally speaking, um I can't speak for everybody else obviously, but um yeah, I, I mentioned this Twitter thread about um in regards to uh what's it called? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. And mm-hmm. um, you know what the samurai have like represented, and and what it sort of symbolizes, and and certain things like that that I never really even considered. So I, this is all something to definitely chew on o- over the next you know several months because I think it's important to have these these questions raised and discussions had. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it because yeah, at first it hit me like ah, oh, we're doing this again. And at the same time, I'm just, like, not surprised, you know? And, and that's right. That's upsetting because... Well, like... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's upsetting because, you know, like, I I genuinely love video games. And I, and I love what they, like I said before, like, what they're capable of and what they can do, right? Like, i gushed about Mafia 3 for however long. Um, but then this stuff happens again, and it sort of feels like, well, like... <laughs> it's like that moment in a movie or whatever, where, like man maybe i need new fucking friends or something like these these people fucking suck like i I don't know why i hang out with these people um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's easy to for me at least to get like deflated and like disappointed and want to leave
2: you know sorry but you were gonna say something oh like i was just thinking like you know even with like the huetli pochitli uh skin you've got you've got sombra right sombra literally mexican and like 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 a lot of my friends always joke, they're like, Man, Blizzard finally get, Blizzard was like saw you were so pissed off at their game that they just fucking put you in the game.
3: <laughs>
2: because like Sombra and I have like the same fucking profile, it's eerie. Um <laughs> like literally the same nose, for Brow ridge, it's 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 eerie. Oh. But like um you have Sombra. Like you have Reaper. What did we do with Reaper? We made him a fucking masquerade person. We've already got mariachi Reaper.
1: <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on, this is yeah. lazy.
2: Yeah, super lazy. You yeah. know,
1: that's, that's what it, I think. That's what it boils down to. To you know, all the all the points you you y'all made. It's just like it just boils down to that they don't want to try, right? And I think a lot of people just have to realize that it's it's going to keep happening. They're not going to be the last studio to keep doing this stuff. And it's just going to come boil down to people like stop playing their shit. Yeah. Or, you know, putting your money where your mouth is, you know, that type of thing. And like you said, like, you know, holding them accountable
2: and, you know, calling them out when you can. So I, it's just, I don't know. And like that's kind of one of my things that also bugs me is like, I know a lot of people who like, they have either built their careers on like you know, pushing for diversity and inclusivity or, like, calling out this kind of bullshit. And then, like, at no point did they go, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to stop promoting this game instead are still, like, yo, we're twitching this weekend. Mm -hmm. Come through. We're twitching Overwatch. And it's like, if you want to keep playing it, that's fine. But also, at the same time, you kind of lose the ground to stand on when you are just aggressively streaming and not even using that opportunity to critique it.
0: Right. Sure. Sure. Right. That's fair. That's totally fair. I think also um, going back to what we were discussing with mafia three and that the writers and stuff, uh, you'd mentioned that one writer being like, Oh yeah, I wouldn't have been able to write this thing without their input. And I think moving forward, we need to see more of that same kind of energy and more than just like, Oh, we got a consultant or we got someone to look at the script or like whatever, like I don't know it's it's tough it's tough because we're, we're talking about an industry and and teams that are i mean let's be real dominated by by white people and they're not really concerned with these kinds of things and no. you know some some things pop up every once in a while even like uh i'll be real like internally on on certain teams or even at work where i have to be like hey actually uh maybe consider this or that or whatever and um you know it's just it's gonna i don't know my my pessimistic side is like it's gonna take a long time for this to happen but also it's kind of like at some point i start to wonder like why do we even fuck with these platforms and these in these larger uh systems in place already as they are but it's just Mm -hmm. because i don't know i guess the eyeballs are there and in this case the the
2: wallets are there and it's it's tough we need to move away from jeff kaplan's being in charge of things and we need to have more like we need leadership that is actually diverse. We need directors that are, you know, people of color and like are queer and are, you know, women and non-binary people. Like we, we can't keep having just the same white dads in charge of shit.
0: Yeah. The other thing I would say too, just real quick, maybe to slowly wrap things up is, um, when we do get those folks in those positions, we got to be smarter about um, the discussions that we have, right? The the, the 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 We talked about it before we recorded, but like the minefields that are laid out and, you know, very strategically laid out for us to walk into. And we have to like notice those signs earlier um, and, you know, just move accordingly because we can't just keep playing the same fucking game uh, over and over again. Um, yeah all right uh well that was an amazing discussion so i'm glad we got to talk about that um so uh let's just jump into questions for the week if you have any questions for us please feel free to send an email directly to us at questions at the dash optional.com you can also drop them into our discord uh, questions channel or you can record us a voice message if you're brave enough like chase was this week so um our first question comes from Billy, who asks, uh, what are some musical groups or artists from your area that haven't broke through that should have and you think more people should know about?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, that's, that's hard for me because I haven't really been looking at anything new. Um, but there's a lot of um, really good uh, drill music coming out of East New York that I think is like, you know, we, we had like our, our pop smoke and he passed away uh, recently. And I think it's just a cool evolution of uh, the hip hop scene in New York. Um, you can like track its lineage down, uh, you know, like directly to uh, drill music, which is like so such an interesting like style of music for me. Um, like it's not my favorite or anything, but I like I, I love it. I love the energy especially coming out at like East New York in that area, it's like, you know, slowly finally being gentrified. Right. You know, like it was like the last like Haven for real New York shit. You know, it's, it's, it's just a weird place in New York, you know? Sure. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I think maybe looking into those, those young dudes, you know, those, they're kids, man. Like just putting out really good, fun music. Um, you know talking about their experiences and stuff like i i, lo- I love that stuff like the, that style of music is just so interesting to me but like i don't have a specific artist but like i think drum music is really cool and and interesting um you think of anything paul
0: um that's actually a really good example i i was going to like sort of selfishly uh plug <laughs> um our good friend ren julius a lot of oh, his music yeah, sure. um he put me onto like a whole wave of music that i didn't really Know about to be honest with you, um, so yeah, I'm just going to shout him out. I'll probably drop a link into the newsletter if anything. But um, Dia, I'm curious if you have any, even just in general, up and coming musical artists that you think more folks should know about.
2: oh man, like I've been thinking about this because like I am so, especially especially now that I started my new column, I am so out oh, yes. of the the loop of the new new music hotness. Um, what I have been listening to kind of nonstop in my downtime. Um, is a, um, uh, and they're predominantly a game composer, but Priscilla snow, um, okay. at ghoul noise on Twitter, G H O U L N O I S E. And they just make the beats that make my heart so happy. Like nice. even when they're doing spooky cyberpunk shit, like it's just so good and more people should check them out. That's
0: awesome. I'll check that out for sure. That sounds interesting. Um, all right, cool. Our next question comes from Danny, who asks, uh, "What's the most obscure thing you're into?" Uh, Cam, I got to start with you. What's the most obscure thing you're into?
1: Um, I think it's just like being, like I'm really into like the maker scene on like YouTube specifically. Um, like I don't make anything, but I am 100% part of that community. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like I'm just like, you know, I'm a lurker for sure. Like I, I just collect all this random information and one day maybe I'll build a coffee table, you know, like but I, I'm really into that stuff. Um, like genuinely like interested in like how people come about getting their shops and getting the amount of tools that they got and just hearing people talk about the stuff. Um like literally like um you know, people talking about the like their tools and stuff It's just oddly I don't know, intriguing for me. Um, It's not super exciting or, you know, anything like that, but it is something you probably wouldn't expect.
2: I mean, I talk about it here a lot, but other than that.
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) Dia, how about you? Okay. I've tweeted about this and um, it's got to be, because I I was just racking my brain. I'm like, nah, because someone someone else out there is going to be like, there's going to be a community for it, but I don't think there is a community for this necessarily though there probably is but nhk world weather forecast music Yo. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be i know there's got to be, be but like oh my god that, that is my thing like my partner and I, like a couple of years back, we got one of those HD TV antennas, like the $5 joints to just like mm. plug into your TV. And we only got like a couple channels, but one of them was NHK World. And so every morning we were watching the, the news on NHK World and it was like really good. But like they had this weather forecast jam that was just the most lo-fi chill out beat. It was like some fucking Animal <laughs> Crossing shit. It was so good. And I just followed that thread one day. And now I've got just this playlist of just like, like 60 different tracks of like NHK World <laughs> Weather Report music. <laughs> so, like I just pull That's up so and cool. just chill out to that.
0: That's amazing, actually. NHK is like some of the most calming shit. They'll be like, oh, we sent the camera crew to like this fishing village and we're gonna just talk to this dude for like half an hour and i will sit there and
2: watch it and be like, oh my oh, god wow. it's so good like, NHK yeah. world, like they had like this they just have a show about trains and yeah. like <laughs> and it's just like this, this it's like it's just like each one is a different train line and they're like these are the bento boxes that are offered on this train and this is how they relate back to the region i'm like fuck yeah yeah, yeah. this is it's why good. amtrak's falling yeah we need, we need to love our fucking trains like this nhk world show me the way yeah.
0: <laughs> that's actually wonderful. That's that's a great that's a great pick. Damn, that's super super obscure. So, uh, good job. Um mine are two that I've talked about in the past. Um I tend to fall into YouTube rabbit holes and um one of them is like this genre of a YouTube video that is basically just like folks with cameras on camera stabilizers and they just walk through cities. So, um I, you know, I love traveling. I love sort of um, exploring cities on foot just by myself and getting lost and trying to find my way back. I really, really love that. And I miss that, especially now. So um, there's one channel. There's two channels. There's one called Nomadic Ambience and another one called um, Rambalak uh, R-A-M-B-A-L-A-C. And um, they're just, they just like, one of them is like, oh, walking through, you know, midtown Manhattan on a rainy day or one of them is like walking through uh Tokyo at 6 a.m. And it's like, oh, yeah, give me that shit because that, that's what I would do <laughs> when I travel. Right. I would like wake up super early and like walk and just explore before the city wakes up. I find that really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So and they have like these you know, the binaural microphones on so you can hear the rain on the umbrella and you can hear the cars pass and the sound of the tires as they, like, kick up the rainwater. And it's just, like, it's... For me, it's heaven. And I can, like, just, you know, take a little little tasty treat, uh, sit down and just put one on, like, full screen and just, like, zone out and stare at it for, like, you know, 30 minutes or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's... as obscure as i can think of right now at least but
1: uh that's funny yeah. uh me and my lovely girlfriend we were feeling nostalgic the other day and we were like yo let's go to disney and then we found <laughs> uh youtube videos of people with like camera stabilizers and they're just going through entire disney rides like what? for hours on end we watched this and it's fantastic
0: and disney hasn't sent the snipers yet
1: uh yeah i think they like name it something like a bunch of weird shit but like they have like um uh, what is this called? Yeah, like SoCal Attractions. And they, I guess they use it under the guise of like, you know, come to... The tourism. Yeah, tour, Yeah, it's like a tourism thing. Um, but this is a guy, um, DLP Welcome, and uh, he does pretty good ones on YouTube. Interesting.
0: Nice. Yeah, um, so, so. All right, cool. Uh, Jesse writes, uh, what are some of your non, our favorite non-US films? Uh, Dia, I'll kick it over to you.
2: Oh man! Um, favorite non-U.S. films. You know, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be lazy with this one, and um, it's a film uh, by it's a 1966 uh, Czechoslovakian uh, kind of comedy drama avant-garde film by Vera Chudilova. And it is called Sid Mikraski, which means daisies. And it is probably the film that like like my my partner and I, we bonded over that. And also it's very much This was us <laughs> in, our, in our early twenties. Um and it's it's about two young women, um that are ridiculous and (laughs) extravagant and self-indulgent and then at the end they kind of realize that they have been ridiculous and extravagant and overindulgent and kind of promise to um, put things back together again and not be quite so spoiled and youthful.
0: Cool. Very cool. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm wondering it's, how we can it, f- find that.
2: Oh, um, if you just if you just look up daisies and uh, Vera V E R A uh, Chitilova C H Y T I L O V A, you'll be able to find it right away. It's made its way into. It's very gifable. Um, okay. It's because it's a very like intensely visual film, and uh, you will find it quite easily because. Girls in their twenties have responded quite heavily to it. <laughs> All
0: right, cool, cool. That's awesome. Uh, Cam, what about you?
1: Um, one off the top of my head that I, I love um, and I revisit every f- few years or so is um, *City of God*, the Brazilian movie about like um, the criminal on the world and the favelas. Um, Oh yeah. In the te- like in the City of God, um yeah, that movie's wild. takes place in like the 70s and it just goes through like what was going down go- going on down in Brazil. Um and uh it's a- just a really good story of like coming of age and being like you know a part of a community but not necessarily in- intertwined in the the Uh, activities of your community. You're kind of like an outsider. Like, you know, like I'm from here. I know what goes down here, but you know, I'm not about that life, that type of thing, you know? Um, I I love this movie a lot. Uh, It's really dope. You can seek it out. It's it's probably on some streaming services at the moment, but um, it was a really good movie. Uh, It's one of my favorites for sure.
0: Yeah. It's a good pick. I I forgot about that movie. It's a bit of a throwback, but a solid movie.
1: It's from like 2002. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, this one I I could have talked about this for like hours, but uh, in more mes- more recent memory, excuse me, I brought this up a while ago too on the show. But it's a sh- it's a movie called Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar. He's a, a Spanish director, um, and this movie has Antonio Banderas, who he's like had on multiple films of his. But it's an interesting story about a director who's like way past his prime, sort of in his twilight years, and exploring um, his own. Uh, past and revisiting it, which is sort of like, I guess, a theme of of stuff that I've been (laughs) uh, (laughs) absorbing recently, but really, really great, uh, wonderful performances, you know, obviously, like, incredible direction. Um, It's so good. If you get a chance to, like, somehow rent it somewhere, or if it winds up on a streaming service, check it out. It's really, really great. I can't recommend it enough. So yeah, it's called Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar. Yeah, really, really good. Nice. Um, cool. So uh, Snacks in the Discord writes, uh, what are some of your favorite podcasts? And do you have any favorite games to play while you listen to them? Um, uh, Dia, I'll start with you. Um,
2: well, I mean, you're listening to one of them. Oh. Hey. Um, that, that feels good. Thank you. There, there there is like the smallest handful of video game centric podcasts that I listen to because you know this is, this is the professional world that we live in, and like you got to listen to some, but man, some of them is just like, (sighs) (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, Um, I really love everything that Jackson and M put out over on the Abnormal Mapping Network um like abnormal mapping their their main one their main game podcast um it is always like it's probably like my top 5 podcasts that will never get removed from my phone um and they also do uh the great Gundam podcast where Ooh. they are watching Gundam in chronological order and Ooh. like they do a podcast and they they're, they're going to finish sometime in the 2030s yeah but (laughs) good luck like there is so much gundam and they are committed to it and um it's phenomenal um so i'm gonna give that look. yeah uh, abnormal mapping we We try got all kinds of good podcasts that they do and you can't go wrong
0: nice i'm writing all these things down so i'm gonna definitely check these out later
2: and uh i don't play games and listen to podcasts i can't split my attention like that um like I can barely use Twitter and listen to a podcast at the same time. Like it just doesn't work same. for me. Like I just go for a walk, which is like, actually like COVID has really put a, a, a hamper in my ability to listen to podcasts. Cause like, I, you know, I can't go for three hour walks no more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Or like my commute's gone. So like, yeah, my commuting podcasts are gone. Um, yeah, for me real quick, um, Definitely, uh, we talk about them all the time on the show, but like the only real pod, uh, video game podca- podcast, excuse me, that I listen to is probably Waypoint, uh, Waypoint Radio. Thanks. It's like, it's just part of my rotation heavily. And um, I got to say, like, in terms of games, I, uh, I can sort of play games like that. But what I found recently, I think someone on the show, I'm forgetting who it was. But they mentioned they listen to podcasts while they do Ring Fit. So I started doing the same because Ring Fit is very like much a mindless thing. I know what the exercises are at this point and I don't have to listen to the fucking ring tell me like, oh, your sweat is so shiny and beautiful, which is a thing that they actually say. Um, It creeps me out every time. Uh, So I just like turn the volume down on the TV and put on my podcasts and uh, it's a great way to absorb that information while I'm like, while my brain is sort of like, you know, in this different mode but like my body's sort of moving and i'm sweating and so that's that's kind of the game i only the only game i play when i listen to podcasts but uh cam what about you
1: um yeah so i have like a little rundown um yeah waypoint is definitely like the the one of like three video game podcasts i listen to spawn on me of course uh shout to khalif like um ever since uh the other members are not on the show. I think he's been doing, like, a fantastic job running it, you know, like, solo, and just, you know, hearing his thoughts in real time have been really dope. Um, And he's been having really good guests on. um, uh, So shout out to Ka. Um, Bodega Boys is always a mainstay. I haven't been listening to him recently, but um, that's always there. And then, like, my problematic one is uh, Bill Burr. Um, I like his comedy... For the most part, um, he's like, it's another one. It's like kind of like cause thing where like you're hearing someone's thoughts real time and it can be either entertaining or cringy as fuck. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, those are like the main ones I uh, listen to, um, some random ones here and there, but like sometimes I'll jump into like, uh, still processing as the, uh, New York times, uh, one where they talk about like race issues and, uh, you know, sex issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Just deep dive into that stuff. That look good.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, all right, cool. This next one's a bit of a long one. So, uh, this one's from, uh, Carl who writes in, uh, Joe Biden's comments about being black have reached my ears over in the UK. And it got me thinking about a heck of a lot. That's, that's transpired over the years that I've been alive, my father and beyond that. I hate that in all this time, people only seem to turn to us non-whites, when it's in the case of an emergency, please break the glass. Mm. Uh, we are always used to get that last boost to get past the finish line. I cannot for the life of me uh, believe all of those short memories when it came to to deliver on promises, to, to deliver on investment, to just deliver for what we like so many others needed and still do need today. There was a notion of power to the people or all power to the people. It feels estranged. It feels fictional. Yet it's somehow I still cannot forget. So... I wonder, what is your relationship to turning up to the ballot box like now? Are you looking into ways to have more influence, more control, um, than just what the ballot ballot box uh, has typically afforded us before now? So, mm. oh, wonderful question. Uh, Cam, actually, I'm curious to start with you to get your take on this.
1: Just to, like, comment on, like, the Biden stuff, like, I think it was – perfect that he said what he said because i think it needed to get some light right like i'm glad it kind of blew up because i he was telling his truth right like he was like yo you know your vote is free like you (laughs) you have no choice right like he's like they're talking directly at black people in the u.s like yo we're gonna use your vote and we're not gonna give you shit about it and what are you gonna do right and i oh, i've always been of the mind of you know like i know in, in black people's case um i'm sure in other people of colors uh cases as well like um especially in the us we we are guilted into um participating in a system that doesn't work for us at all right we are told that our ancestors are you know Paved the way for us, and they would be ashamed if you did not, you know, vote. They died for your right to vote and all that stuff. And I say, fuck that! My ancestors did pave the way for us, but they wanted us to use our vote importantly, right? They wanted to use us, make us leverage our right, our God-given right as a an American, right, to to vote in this process. Like, you know, you only these are politicians, right? You're supposed to work for us. Not the opposite way. We get you in office, you do work for us. You're not going to, and you also have to give us something for us to even get to the point to want to put you in that place. So like, no, my, my voting, um, uh, like the way I look at it has, it has not like changed in the last few years. I mean, I, I voted last time I voted, um, in a major election was for Obama the first time. Um and then I was ho- wholly disappointed in what he has, was able to do for um my specific demographic um so I think that until I see somebody who's you know speaking directly to me i I can't in good faith vote for them like i I just cannot do it like I like, I'm not saying that I will vote for Trump like that. That's, you know, that's a non option as well. But for Biden to, to say that and just like literally like spit and like, you know, puff his chest out, like, what you going to do? Buck at us. Like, you know, <laughs> you ha he was telling the like he was just telling the truth. And I, I, I loved it. I loved every moment of that. It was just so gross and like factual. And uh, I don't know, it was a nice pull. I think a lot of people needed to see that shit, right? Sure. Like, you know, we were taken wholly for granted. Um, But I don't mind. Like, I honestly, like, I'm not I would never tell people how to vote, right? Um, uh, But, like, I I personally wouldn't vote for either of these assholes. And that's just me. Like, um, I know that may be, unfortunately, hurting some other people, right? But, um, like... In my personal case, I, I think um, my life has not been any different under Trump, under Obama, under Bush, right? As a whole, right? Like there's nuances, right? There's not, you know, I'm not, there's not a, like an outward bigot in the in the in the White House, but I think in the grand scheme of things, I, I may be ignorant to that stuff, right? Like I, I don't mind being schooled on this type of thing, but that's just my perspective. It's, it's just very hard to want to participate in American politics. I think also like maybe voting locally, you have a little bit more power. Oh, yeah. And I would suggest people look into that, um, you know, maybe get into some voting blocks in, in your community and, and get the right people in place, you know, and, the, you know, get your, you know, your immediate um, uh, needs met. Um, I think that that can be really good. Like, I'm not saying politics are useless i'm just saying like for these big dogs to you know blatantly say this stuff is just wild to me and i i love every minute of them exposing themselves um but yeah man uh sorry if that's incoherent um, no man i would gladly like clear up more stuff if you you need to but i'm just kind of shooting off the top of my head yeah, that's what's up. um but it, it is like you know it's it's one of those like damn you know that's how you see us and i i'm not surprised at all ever but it is one of those things like, damn, they just slapped us in the face and just said, what are you going to do about it? You yeah, know? he
0: showed his whole ass on that clip. But uh, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, loved nah, it. That, that was some real shit, though. Um, Dia, well, w- what's your take on
2: all this? I'll just say very briefly, at the end of the day, it's me being asked to choose between two assholes who desperately want to be the commander-in-chief of a violent military occupation and fuck
3: mm-hmm.
2: that yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's pretty much how I feel I, I feel like I have very little to add, but uh, in terms of uh his one question in term uh regarding uh, what are some other ways that you can you know maybe affect some change out beyond just the ballot box, I would say I've also been like cam mentioned, paying more attention to things that are happening at the local level, um, and you know voting when when the time is right, obviously, and, um, you know, getting somewhat involved uh, in in that process, especially now more than ever, more than I ever have been, to be completely honest. And also just having more real discussions with my family, like challenging them when, um, you know, I hear a specific opinion that I, you know, don't necessarily agree with or a perspective that I think could use a little bit more uh, critical thinking or whatever, you know, just like, but also learning how to do that, right and not just completely um approaching it with a sledgehammer you know just being like knowing the right way to do it but also like you know i wish white folks would do that with their families too you know i wish they would be that have that same sort of or more of an aggressive stance when it came to how they approach mm-hmm. the, those sorts of beliefs in their own families but you know but you i guess we can only hope <laughs> But uh, yeah, this was a good question, Carl. Thank you for, for writing in. We appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, cool. And our last question uh, comes from Natalie, who this was actually definitely directed at Dia. So uh, Dia, uh, which game's photo mode do you, st- uh, do you think is the best? Is there a feature most gaming mo- photo modes are missing? As we see, players use games to make nature documentaries and street photographers use games like Red Dead Redemption 2 for, uh, to hone their craft during COVID-19. What would you like to see from photo modes going forward?
2: You know what? I can answer this all with one example. Okay. Final Fantasy Fifteen, And I mean Final mm. Fantasy Fifteen before they patched in the user-directed photo mode. Because what most photo modes miss is how critical the editing process of photography is and i don't mean the you know adjusting the image i don't mean the development of the image i mean looking at a sequence of images and then selecting the correct ones to like produce a solid narrative or you know um, thematic statement and final fantasy 15 it removes you from the direct control of the photographs being taken and by doing that it puts you purely in the role of editor And then you go through, when you stop at the end, through Prompto's photographs, and you get to choose which ones get saved and which ones don't. And then at the very end of the game, you get the montage of the narrative you have created. And I think it is so profoundly brilliant and so simple and elegant and just, it's just wonderful. And I wish more games spent less effort on the, you know, you're in the photo mode and you take the picture and now you're going to spend all your time fiddling with the edits. And then you're going to post it on Twitter and go like, yo, look at my sick photo of Assassin's Creed. I stabbed this dude in the neck, just completely bereft of any real narrative or cohesion to the next photograph you take. Um, But Final Fantasy 15 really makes you think not about just about the editing in that sequence in the moment, but as the sequence of broader images that you are compiling into your fairly limited. Um, I think you get what, 250 photographs, um, for like a 40, 60 plus hour game. Like, Mm. like prompto takes 20 photographs at a time. You fill up that buffer real fast and you have to make some hard cuts. Um, and so much of the work of photography is in your editing and so few games think about those terms. Yeah. So
0: that's actually a great point.
2: That is 100% my answer.
0: Nice. Um I would quickly add I love that I wish photo modes would um give me the option to like unfreeze time um cuz there are times where I want to capture things just sort of like happening and not just like completely um, stopping uh, the simulation and like moving around these little figurines because that's like part of when I like travel for example um, I love to just capture things like like I said before right in that two second window oh shit like if, if there was a way for a game to let me do that um, maybe whether like I can fast forward rewind or something I don't know something kind of something in between for folks who aren't as quick on the draw. That'd be kind of cool. I, w- I would kind of like that kind of stuff too. Maybe mm-hmm. like more of a bit of a point and shoot style thing. That's less of a, you know, more of like a range finder, less of a, like, you know, DSLR or, or uh, also in general for video sharing and editing stuff, please consult video editors. Cause there are so many good ways to trim things and adjust <laughs> video footage that a lot of, uh, in-game things just don't get right and like I'm right here man just shoot me a DM I will look at your thing and be like oh actually use these things or use these buttons or whatever but uh, Cam what about you you got any thoughts on this?
1: Uh, I'm notoriously terrible with photo mode so I avoid it at all costs <laughs> just, oh, only because like I've seen like what some of uh, friends have done like you know shout out to Roman oh, Like yeah. he's really into that those modes and stuff like that and just seeing what people can do online i was like i know i don't have the eye or patience for any of that stuff um but yeah so i don't know how to like make it better or which ones you know point out like which ones are better or not you know
0: yeah uh dia the thing that you touched upon in terms of like um communicating some sort of a narrative or some sort of a story or moment is is such a also, very much a thing that's missing from a lot of these game captures, and even some of the cool things that I find online, like the gifs of like from like Sun He Legend and stuff. From like, oh, that's fucking cool, right. man. Look at that Spider Man gif, but it's also just that's just it, right? It's just like mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I wish there were like stories attached to this, or like a, a thread describing a moment, or something you know, something to give me mm. a little bit more texture, and that's why I like. Uh, I wish a photo board would just let me capture things as they happen. Cause then I could be like, Oh, he turned around, but I got the back of his head or like,
2: <laughs> you should um, read you know. my 2019 end of the year piece for waypoint. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, that is one of the things I very explicitly talk about. Oh word. Awesome. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, I will
0: definitely check that out. That's awesome. Um, I will include that in the newsletter as well. So, uh, cool. Um, all right, jumping into Feeling It. Feeling It is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week that we've stumbled across that we think is worth
2: sharing. Uh, Dia, since you're our guest, I'll start with you. So I went off message with this one, and I am choosing the Ricoh RP2A03, which oh. if you know what's up, you know that that is the NES sound chip, at least for the NTSC. Uh, oh, shit. PAL, I think, was the 2A07 which is basically the same thing, just like a slower clock. But that is the sound chip that powered the NES and set the tone for my musical, my game music childhood. And um, I am now doing a weekly column for Paste where I go back through old game soundtracks and I have been listening to so much NES uh, soundtracks like the past week and it's just incredible what people got out of that little thing like and it is like like it is nothing like it is really really underwhelming as a sound processor and like like if you look at compared to what we have now and it's just like man you know and like vampire killer slaps that is what I'm feeling
0: this week. Yeah. In your piece, you mentioned uh deja vu. And I remember listening when you wrote it, I listened to the, the, the clip that you included and it, you're so right. Like the tones and the, the sort of like the, the textures that they were able to extract from this very simple chip. It's like, I, re- I even remember like being afraid of like the Friday, the 13th game for the NES, because it was very haunting and oh, almost man. like off-putting. Um, and you're right. Like that system has so many good examples of music that's like that really sticks mm. with you. And whenever I hear like contemporary music, and I hear like you know a bit of a a, a tone or note that you know might be being processed by another software thing or hardware thing, um, it reminds me of that like NES style thing, and I get transported to a different time or like just perspective and it's 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 pretty cool how that can actually do that and the this sound chip has like a large part to do with that which is fascinating yeah yeah all right cool cool um cam uh what you got
1: uh yeah so uh i talk about this every time a new season drops but uh Bosch is one of my favorite uh shows it's on amazon um amazon prime what is that called amazon
0: amazon prime Prime
1: video yeah um and it's basically a cop procedural in the same vein as like a um the wire or you know one of those type of shows where just shows like the lives of detectives um specifically harry Bosch and his partner um and they are mixed into like you know uh skirting the line between a good cop and bad cop mm-hmm. or like, you know, good cop. And, uh, um, what do you call that? Like someone who is like following the rules. Um, so it, it's one of the, one of those shows it was created by the same guy who made the wire and Treme. And I love those shows. Um, go back and watch those shows. They're very good. Um, but yeah, it has all the same cast from the wire. So like, uh, Lance Reddick is in it. He plays the same character. Uh, from the wire, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, as uh, like the the angry uh, police chief or whatever, Lieutenant Daniels. Um, yeah, basically, exactly. Um, and uh, Marlo Stanfield, uh, what's his name? Jamie Hector is the actor. I think um, he's in it. He plays a uh, Bosch's um, partner, and it's just a really good show. And I, I like its slow pace, and you just it takes place in L.A. And it's just, I don't know, if you like cop dramas um which i love i would definitely check it out i'll never stop singing this this song uh the praises for the show um have you ever checked it out since i've been mentioning it, paul no i haven't but i'm I'm like looking at Fucking like the hater. the. Tra-
0: <laughs> listen man um i'm checking out the trailer like on mute right now and i'm like oh yeah, yeah I, could, I could probably fuck with this it's one of those shows episode. you're like
1: damn i'm more i'm six episodes in i just you know like yeah, I'm, I'm I'm stuck now. You know, once yeah. you get into it. Yeah, yeah. that I
2: know um,
1: that Zavala it, is in good, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you got to save save Lance Reddick at all, all costs. You know. Damn it, Big Nulty. That's my uh, impression. <laughs> That's pretty
0: good, actually. <laughs> right, thank you. Um, <laughs> I would I would check this out. I promise. Um, all right, cool. Mine are uh, two things, real quick. Um, I'll just mention this very quickly, but the NYU Game Center showcase happened this past week and I'm going to be including a link in the uh, newsletter for oh, like, shit, the list of all the games that were like on display and stuff. And there was some real dope stuff in there. It's like I kind of miss being able to um, go to the Game Center and check out these things when they had like nights where they would show off all the games and you could just like talk to the students who were making them and um, and all the different programs that they offer. So I, I miss those things now that we're all sort of social distancing. So um check out that stuff. There's some pretty cool things coming um from some really talented um individuals. So yeah, check that out. It's on it's online everywhere. So you can just, you know, check out at least videos and stuff of it. Um and then uh really quickly I didn't realize this, but Bad Bunny like secretly released another album and, you know, this is like the number one Bad Bunny uh <laughs> podcast, fan <laughs> podcast. So uh <laughs> it's an album called uh Las que no y van A Salir. So these are like the ones that weren't coming out or the ones that weren't going to come out. So these are all songs that are basically like you know B sides and stuff. Oh, he whatever. made a B side? Yeah, man. And it's pretty fucking good. Like even his his shit that wasn't going to come out is still pretty good. Um, yeah. So yeah, check it out. It's good for like summertime vibes and uh... oh shoot. Speaking of which, real quick, hold on. I totally forgot about a question. I completely uh, overlooked. So we got to take right, a back step back really for cool. one last question before we wrap up the show. Um, and this one actually came from Chase, our very own Discord moderator and our new, Chase. our newsletter extraordinaire uh, producer slash writer. Um, here it goes.
4: Hey, Paul, Cam, and Dia. It's Chase. So we've been buying some watermelon and eating it uh, pretty often, and it's been making me nostalgic for summer. It's the smell. Something about the smell of fresh watermelon just takes me right
0: back. So my question is, what are the smells or the tastes of summer that just make you immediately nostalgic? Along with watermelon, as a rural kid who grew up in Texas, it's going to be chlorinated pools, sunscreen, and cheap cerveza.
4: All right. Thanks, y'all.
0: Dia, I'm going to start with you. What you got? Elote. It's got to be elote. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You ever see that video of the dude who eats elote in like one bite? No. no. I got to link you guys that. It's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. I'm like, damn, I need to be that efficient. That's wild.
2: I it's need like, to see this. It's <laughs> like the Weber charcoal so... grill, which is just the elote just chilling on it. Man. Bro. Man. Oh, my God. That's how you know it's on. Uh,
0: wait, so for those who don't know what that is, describe describe it to them.
2: Elote is um, basically grilled corn. Um Usually with um a kind of like a cotija cheese and mm-hmm. um uh got various seasonings um depends who makes it like what they put on it, but um like yo like my grandpa used to put like mayonnaise on his and shit, wow, like mayonnaise and Damn. like achiote and like cilantro and then salt and pepper oh. and it was just like. Yo, what's up? I'm dying right now. I'm dying. Yeah, I don't want
1: to see my beard after the
2: oh, yeah. I get down.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Ken, what about you? What you got?
1: Um, I'm similar to like Chase, like um, smelling the, like growing up. Uh, we had a pool. Um, and like smelling that chlorinated pool water and also like we also used to have to do a lot of yard work um as young kids. Um so smelling that like cut grass and like weeds yeah. like that brings me back. And like uh there's something about the smell of summer air that you can catch, and I don't know what it is, but it's like you can smell like if you go outside right now and just like take it in, you're like, oh summer's like two weeks away. It's like, yeah. you know, like you feel it. Um I don't I don't know what that that smell is. Chemtrails. It's like a weird <laughs> <laughs> stay woke. Yeah, wait. Open Um, the third eye. But but yeah, like... And also, like, that charcoal smell, man. Like, going down to, uh, like, Sunken Metal out in Long Island, family reunions, that type of thing. Like, that just... Oof. What about you, P?
0: You stole both of my answers in the 10 answers that you gave motherfucker. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So, yeah. Charcoal grills. Uh, It's actually funny, too. uh, Today, in our uh, bedroom area, which is, like, facing the back of the building, um, there were people outside, like grilling, and I could just, that charcoal smell was coming right into the room, and it was like, mm. that transports me right back to, like, you know, our backyard, or, like, my, you know, my uncle's or family's backyards in New Jersey, where it's, like, you know, we got the grill going, and the pool, and the other one was, like you said, like, freshly cut grass, like, to me, that immediately transports me back to, like, us in, like, middle school, or, like, you know, the summer mm-hmm. after, you know, school, and biking to each other's houses and stuff, like, man that just brings me back like immediately so uh yeah both of those for me are what Christ. do it um all right cool yeah, you got me hyped for some uh, i know I'm, I'm ready to go <laughs> i'm gonna go extra hard on the ring fit so i can start wearing the the mesh tank tops out here bro you have no idea um <laughs> so before we wrap up the show dia thank you so much for joining us i cannot yes. thank you enough. thank you for
2: having me it was a total long time blast. coming
0: awesome awesome so uh if people don't know, uh, how can they keep up with
2: your stuff online? You can find me. The best place to find me is at Dia on Twitter, D I A L A C I N A. And, you know, keep it peeled on pace games because every week, every Wednesday, that's where I'll be. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And we're going to be including the link to the, to the first, uh, um, the first column so we'll have it in the newsletter too so definitely keep an eye out for for all that stuff and you do amazing things so keep up the great work so uh, we love what you do yeah absolutely um cam what about you how can the people find you online
1: uh, you can catch me on twitter at cappy can't lose c-a-p-i-c-a-n-t-l-o-s-e what about you nice
0: uh i'm at polymayo p-o-l-i-m as in mario a-y-o you can find me on twitter uh you know I'm I'm also streaming uh, Mafia Three, so oh shit,
1: I gotta join one of those
0: Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays. Twitch.tv/slash Polymayo, come uh, come nice. watch me uh, blow up some some shit. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions or comments, please send them over to questions at the-dash-optional dot com. We would love to hear from you. You can also send us questions in our Discord. If you go to the you know, Discord questions channel. You can find links to all that, including our newsletter at TheOptionalPodcast.com. And please sign up for the newsletter. It's so good. I love it. Uh, Chase works really hard on it. It's amazing. Uh, please make sure to also subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify. Uh, we're on all the podcasts. Catch us out there. If you could take a minute, though, to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us spread the word and if you like the show and want to help us uh, keep it going please check out our profile on Anchor uh, at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast and you know if you can I know it's a lot to ask at this during these times um, if you can click the supporter button we really appreciate it special thanks to Mark, Charlie, Suhai, Bree John, Michael, Murray Jesse and Billy for helping us keep these lights on and um as always, we're on Twitter at The Optional NYC. Our show's music is by Levi Pack. You can find him on Twitter at underscore L E V I P A C K. So until next time, everyone.
3: Peace. peace.